Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros. Welcome to another edition of Leader the Ring Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas. It's good to be back. I hope everybody had a great, great weekend, especially a great weekend for, if you're a fight fan, it was a great weekend of fights. Um, let me open up the phone lines here really quick. Uh, Gable, you want to open it up? Are you there, Gabriel? Yes, I am. I think Gabriel, uh, I think he- Oh, I was going to say, I thought you fell off and was calling the Triple G uh, suicidal hotline. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I've been doing okay. You know, I picked uh, Canelo by points. Uh, I think at one point, maybe I had said somewhere along the line, or maybe I thought it, never said it out loud, majority decision. You ended up being uh, what went down. Um, you know, I watched the fight again today, watched the HBO feed this time. Uh, I listened uh, to the UK feed. Uh, the first time around, listen to uh, the Ring TV. Uh, I started watching I that say, one. I, I didn't finish it. Yeah, yeah, I listened to all the beats. To tell you the truth, yeah. You know, initially I felt like, and I and I I started to score it, and then I just started to enjoy the damn fight. Um, I felt at the end like it was a draw, but I also felt like Canelo executed his game plan for longer stretches in the fight. Um, it was clear that he was going to shrink the ring, be the pressure fighter, try to get tr- uh, Triple G on his back foot, uh, not get hit flush, you know, more sure. than once in a row, you know, uh, you know, more than one time, you know, he couldn't get hit twice, um, and and to really work the jab, and above all else, uh, at first and foremost of his power punches, uh, dig to Triple G's body, and he did that really fast in the fight, like, uh, you know, first, like, 20 seconds uh, with a sweeping right hand uh, underneath the ribs, you know, underneath the elbow of, of Triple G. Um, and, you know, Triple G started the fight uh, with his guard up high on that side, uh, protecting against the hook, protecting against those sneaky uppercuts. Uh, by the end of the fight, you know, he uh, his tips were back a little bit more, and the, the right hand was a little bit lower uh, and was really, you know, trying to protect against the two-fisted body attack of Canelo. I think that was really... You know, uh, the story of the fight, not to sound like Max Kellerman. Uh, you know, there's four criteria for judging a fight. Ring generalship, uh, defense, uh, effective aggression, and uh, clean punching. I wish HBO you know, had talked about those things more uh, rather than the story of the fight and uh, the jabs of, of Triple G. Because I thought they were a different kind of jab than we've really seen from it. So you know, I don't, I mean, those are some of the points I'm gonna we're gonna talk about. I yeah I definitely you know I, I, just like you I listen to all the feeds and and you know normally when I watch a fight I don't score it because I like to enjoy what's kind of put in front of me and normally what I do in my head is I start kind of uh, picking what the guy what both guys should be doing and what they're not doing okay. Um, I heard that well, as well as Max Kellerman uh, saying, repeating the story of the fight, which I, I understand what he was saying, but I was actually watching to see the story. 
how the story was going to unfold. And there was definitely all the points that you made, how you should, the criteria of, of judging a fight. And I think what made this fight so difficult to judge, uh, because I, I had originally picked Canelo to win this fight, but at the end of the fight, I, I time around that it was a draw. One guy would have the upper hand in the first minute of the round. Then another guy would rally back. And it, it just seemed that the guard was always being changed. And, and that, to me, was, the, was really the flow of the fight and made this fight even that much better. You know, I, I had a chance to speak to a lot of folks, email-wise, social media-wise, and even at, you know, on the streets, talking to people on my lot, um, which is a great feeling when you get that feeling back of the fight. When fi- finally I hear, you know, when, you know, I'm back to the hearing, hey, did you watch the fight? And it's not a mistake, you know, hey, did you watch the fight? Which, is, uh, which one? Oh, the UFC fight, you know what I mean? This time around that we're back at that, that time of, hey, did you watch the fight? Yeah, who did you think won? You know, and they're talking about Canelo and Triple G. Yeah, no doubt. People, uh, today, you know, at the, at the gym, it was like just, you know, everybody, uh, you know, it's Monday morning at the gym, and, and but everybody's just a buzz. Like, they were all, everybody talking about it. And, you know, uh, I have to say, divergent uh, opinions about the fight. There was guys that, that, that whose opinions I respect, uh, you know, actual boxers that, uh, that were, you know, this one in particular, uh, who, you know, a guy that goes to the fights, uh, you know, and, and, and trains people every day, uh, and he was like, you know, uh, I thought Triple G won by two or three rounds. I thought it was pretty clear. Uh, and, you know, watching right. it again today, like after talking to him, I was like, I just don't see how you think two or three rounds. I thought a draw. I thought maybe I, I just like I said, you know, I, I felt like Canelo was was the guy that was less beat up. Uh, he didn't get broken in half by body shots at times uh, and backed up. The fifth round, uh, I thought Triple G really showed uh, that it was, you know, having a problem. And and it was interesting, though, you know, in the lead up to the fight, Abel Sanchez was talking about, you know, Canelo needs to fight us like a true Mexican warrior. He needs to give us the fight that he promised last time. And, you know, if that happens, Triple G is going to knock this guy out. And instead... What we got was Triple G kind of moving back more towards his early style, more of his amateur style at times. Uh, not at the beginning of the fight, more like when he finally made a big adjustment and started to come on in the back end of the fight, in the second half, uh, where he started giving little angles. You could you could follow him like a uh, you know like a compass. He was just you know move, swip it, sweeping that back foot one way or the other, kind of leaning on the you know pirouetting on the on the front foot and and just you know touching him. As Abel Sanchez said in the middle, of the, I think around. Uh, the, the fifth round or sixth round uh, to just, you know, just touch him, touch him in the body, touch him up upstairs. Like it doesn't have to be the big shot. And so I think that was their plan was to, to, to try to tire Canelo, get him coming forward and walk him into a big shot. But, uh, and also, you know, here's something. Uh, I don't know if people should, you know, I don't know if you saw it, but you know, the, and I don't put a lot of stock in this, but the copy box said that the body shots between them was 46 landed for Canelo to six for Triple G. But in the lead up, Triple G was like talking about Manila Ice uh, in the rematch with Eric Morales uh, and Pacquiao. Uh, here they were talking about the ginger snap, the left of the body that was going to stop Canelo a la Hopkins and, and, uh, and, and De La Hoya. 
um, six-landed body shots and no real vaunted attempt to get down there and, and do it? Like, is there something wrong and we don't know? Does Triple G have, like, a back injury or something? Like, he can't – why doesn't he go to the body? I've been asked that. You know, you know, I've been asked that. I mean, one of the things that – when you talk about people that, that you respect, and there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of guys that have had respect that have been part of the game. And somebody that, that I know that's really knowledgeable, he goes, dude, what was up with the loogie spitting from, from Triple G? I mean, he was, like – just hawking up a lot of loogies. I was like, I don't know, maybe the, maybe the body shots. Maybe they're not telling us something. You know, um, you know the thing is that here's an actual fact, and any great fighter or any fighter can tell you, you never go into a fight 100%. There is no such thing. You just don't. And, um, but, you know, what I saw was Canelo kind of – Called them out on the bluff of them saying, "Hey, we're gonna, we want a stat in trade." I mean, he, you know, they they didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. I don't think a lot of people believed that he was gonna do that. Come forward, stand his ground, and I think that's what threw off Triple G and Abel Sanchez. I've said this in the past: is that we have to start taking these trainers, make them accountable. You know, with Abel Sanchez, we've kind of seen this. You know, he doesn't make these major adjustments. You know, um, I saw minor adjustments. For, for Triple G, but not the adjustments that were enough to make it a shutout for the judges, you know, for the judges to be convinced that he won that fight because it was so close. You know, I mean, here are some of the things, Gabriel, that I saw that both guys didn't do in the ring, okay? Uh, one thing I saw for sure with Triple G is he sometimes on – some of the rounds and some of those seconds and minutes of the round, he played it fairly safe. As you know, when he was using his jab, which I loved what he was doing, he was he, he was throwing a, a varieties of different jabs to, for Canelo to face. You know, and what he was really doing was trying to keep Canelo's onslaught off of him. You know, he was trying to keep those body shots away from him. So keep him busy upstairs, keeping him with his hands up high. But after a while, when you throw about three or four jabs. Um, I wanted I, what I didn't see him do was unleash a combo behind it. He would pity pat the jab and stick in a nice stiff jab. Then he would back off and he kind of waited for the receipt from Canelo and it allowed Canelo to get himself right back into the fight. And a lot of times when you see a guy kind of doing those those jabs to kind of blind you so you can't see the target anymore, you you normally would see the, that guy throwing the jabs go to the body. Because the guard is up high. So now the body's vulnerable. Triple G didn't do any of that. You know, um, like you said, six, six body shots. So that's something that Abel Sanchez should have caught right away. Was saying, hey, you're jabbing him, and he's, not, he's standing still. He's not really uh, responding to it. So it's safe to say to go to the body. Kind of break him down. Slow him down a bit. Didn't do that. Here's another thing. Maybe swayed the judges to give Canelo certain rounds was, I didn't see the poker face from Triple G. At some of the rounds, like when, from five to seven, especially in seven, I saw, I mean, I saw Triple G's face kind of tell me the story of him getting hurt or looking really exhausted and tired. I saw a variety of, of fans. They even told me on today or on Sunday, man, he looked gassed out. Man, he looked ready to go. You know, he didn't, he wasn't able to maintain that. Um, well, Canelo caused a mouse by the by the second round. 
they were talking on HBO, yeah. you know, uh, they were talking about the uh, the mouse over his eye, you know, and that was, uh, I don't know if that was from a clash of heads or, or, or what, but, uh, you know. I remember them touching uh, their heads and stuff. You know, I, I do remember a few times that, like, they both kind of, like, you know, uh, Well, Canelo complained about gloves. it. And then right. later on, the, the, towards the end, they looked at each other. It was 11th or 12th round, and they kind of Canelo kind of stopped. They looked at each other, and Triple G kind of like put his glove out, and then they, they kept going. Uh, so they were definitely a problem in the in, in the fight. But well, you know, like I said, I, there's also two with with reasons why judges probably didn't give him a round is because when Canelo stood his ground, Triple G didn't. And when you're used to seeing a guy always coming forward and holding his ground, and he changed it up. A lot of times the judge or even the viewer is going to go like, oh, my God, he's losing. Um, in, in, terms of the, in, terms of, in terms of the switch going in their head, going like he's, he's trying to adjust, you know. You know, here's the thing, too, with Canelo, what I thought that he didn't do that, that also probably made, didn't give him, allow him to get the round uh, a bit more was uh, – even though he was the presser, did you really see him cut off the ring? I didn't see that. What I saw him do was allow Triple G to walk off, reset himself, and then he basically waited for Triple G to come back to him. He never cut that ring off. And when he had Triple G gassed out, he didn't attack him right away. So he also kind of played it safe, you know. I think what the judges missed on both guys, though, is, is the body work from Canelo and the uppercuts from Triple G. I don't think a lot of those shots fans really count uh, in terms of, of, of the round because uh, that's why it made it so close. The guys that are calling it, you know, robbery or, or Canelo dominant, um, fans got to rewatch certain rounds. There were certain punches that were land, that land that were very subtle, but they were effective, and a lot of times can kind of get lost in the other stuff that's going on in a fight. And, you know, uh, the, all the storylines, it was, it was interesting how much – HBO was the last feed I listened to, and they, the jab was such a strong storyline. And Max Kellerman's vague area of, he kept saying, you know, Canelo is winning the story of the fight. I, I didn't understand what that meant. Uh, I don't know why he kept saying it. But um, to me, that you know, what was going on in the fight was, yeah, Canelo towed the line, and he didn't back up, and so he forced. Triple G to either retreat or try to like go back diagonally to either side and, and then use his jab and, and kind of just do volume and mix in a hard shot now and again. But, you know, Canelo was also kind of corralling him, sweeping right hands, uh, left hooks, uh, you know, and then just kind of bullying in and just has, I, I think, better crowd on the inside. Uh, just built for like a high tight guard when he gets inside and, and was able to kind of bully Triple G at times, uh, uh, you know, and just you know that that old if, that if Triple old G would try to hit him, he would come back with right. like you know a combination, and it was. Uh, I mean, it's still though that was in the context of one guy started strong in a round, and then it would ebb and flow, and then go back the other way, and so you have to weigh it. You know, you're weighing all these abs uh, mixed in with some good shots. I mean, there were some really nice uppercuts, uh, even you know hard shots and off speed, you know, or just slower. Uh, Lighter shots, I should say. It probably still hurt, <laughs> obviously. But, uh, you know, would you like that versus Canelo's really clear, clean shots uh, that are power shots? Maybe not, you know, 
that's more than, and that's uh, that's, you know, that's, that's the story of the fight. With, right, and that's the thing with judges is that even though your jab may be effective, and even though your jab is is holding the guy off, a power punch is the is the the the, the one that's going to be remembered the most. You know, and and that's why to me it was very hard to judge. It was very hard to give certain rounds and, and, and take away certain rounds. I had it a draw. I watched it four times. I, well, I watched it four times before, and then I watched it again today uh, before coming on the show. And, again, I'm sitting there going, like, I'm struggling with it. I'm like, man, to me, this was a skillful fight of, of, of two guys that wouldn't give up ground. It was watching, it was watching two skilled uh, 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 Gotti versus Ward, you know, type of, type of feel to it. You know, one guy was coming on strong, then all of a sudden the other guy came back strong. You know, the, the shitty part is that if you're idle lost, you're not going to see the the complete fight that happened that night. You know, you're going to scream robbery. You're, you're going to be disappointed. Um, I, I, trust me, I was there too at 12 years old uh, watching boxing. <laughs> you know, you couldn't tell me that my, my the guy that I was idolizing, you know, didn't lose. Uh, but. Once you start understanding the sport and you start loving the sport and understand the science that both guys are bringing, um, it, it's it's beautiful. Um, it's something that really we ever get sometimes in the sport, and we end up getting this on a Saturday night, especially on a pay-per-view event, that, that you had one team telling the other guy, are you going to stand and trade? Are you going to fight? Are you going to stay in the middle of the ring and give it your all? Give, give your fans what they've been asking for. And it was delivered. You know, and it threw off the other team. That's, that's the, you know, and I, going back to what you're saying, it, this is the old saying in boxing. Once you're able to push the bully back, sometimes they don't know what to do. And you kind of saw that in those mid-rounds with Triple G. He really didn't know what to do. It, it took him a minute to kind of adjust, and then he came back. And you know what, man? Here's the thing. I, hear, I keep hearing this a lot that, oh, he looks old. What you saw was an, an aged fighter that's, you know, that's deteriorating. I'm sorry, guys. That was not an aged fighter being deteriorated. That was deteriorating in front of your eyes. What you saw was a fighter that was fighting somebody equally as skilled as him. An aged fighter is when Canelo fought Sugar Shane Mosley. An aged fighter is when, when Canelo fought Carlos Baldemir. You know, um, an aged fighter is when he fought Miguel Cotto. Those are aged and deteriorating fighters. He fought a guy that was game. Give, you know, by taking that, by by saying that, you're taking away the effort and the heart that that Triple G showed in this fight. I mean, this guy went out there. If you're a true Triple G fan or a true fan of boxing, you appreciate what he brought to the table because, you know, in those and with five and seven in those rounds, there was a moment that you looked at the fight and said, "I think he may be stopped. I think he may be done. I think age is catching up." And guess what he did? He rallied back into the fight. He showed that he's a true warrior, and he wasn't going to let his titles go away, that, get, let him go that easy. You've got to give him that. And like I said, if you have Triple G win the fight a round or two, I can't argue with that because these were very difficult rounds to, to judge. There were, like I said, it, it really depends on what you were looking for and what you thought. Some folks felt that, that you know, um, when, you know, when Gennady Golovkin decided to go on the back foot, it showed that he could be diverse. Um, it showed that he can, you know, he, he didn't make this minor adjustment. To me, it just wasn't a major adjustment to convince me that he, you know, took certain rounds 
and that he clearly won this fight, hands down. Uh, same thing with Canelo. To me, even though he's coming forward, the only time I saw him being in control is when Triple G decided to stand in front of him. Canelo never cut the ring off for me. He never, he never trapped the guy that was trying to, you know, get a, get a breath of air. He didn't trap him in, trap him in those times. I mean, he had the youth to do it. He didn't oppose that youth all the time. Both guys played it safe. Can you blame him? Absolutely not. To say you don't want to see a third fight, wow, that's crazy. I want to see a third fight. Boxing loves trilogies, and especially with trilogies just like this. Right. It's not like uh, there's two losses. I mean, Triple G is obviously frustrated. Uh, you know, how can you not be? You know, um, the first fight is very close. Uh, the, the, the longer the more I've seen it, the closer it gets. But it's still a seven-five fight uh, for for Triple G to me. I, I just don't. It's a lot like this one. I don't see. I don't really see the win for Triple G in this. I mean, uh, today I watched it again, and, and the, you know, the HBO when I watched it with H, uh, the, that that commentary and everything, I, I you know kind of tuned them out after a while because because it's, it's you know Roy seemed to point, uh, but Jim like tries to do tries to, to call like every blow, but then he misses a few here. And it's like, a, if you're not watching it, you're getting a different take on what the fight really is. And he's not calling all the shots. Um, but uh, to me, the, the 12th round, it felt more like a triple G round to me when, when I was watching it on HBO. Um, they need to learn to take a page of Timothy Bradley. The way Timothy Bradley calls he's the so fight. Good, he, yeah. He does a fantastic job. I mean, you really, have an understanding of what he's saying. He's clearly watching the fight. He's watching both fighters. He's not watching a fighter. He's watching both fighters. And you can have your eyes closed and really you're able to draw out what's happening. And, and I like that. That's what, you know, that's what I missed from the old days, you know. Um, you know, obviously Tim's got to still polish on some things. But as a star right now, to a guy that's been in the business for 30 years with Jim Lampley, God, I mean, this guy's only been doing it for, what, maybe two, three years, if that. And right now, i got to tell you, he's really surpassed him in the craft of how to call a fight. I like that duo, Joe Tessitore and Tim Bradley, uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Mark Kreigel it doesn't drive me crazy. You know, I'm not going to uh, rail against the guy. He kind of is growing on me a little bit. Uh, but... Uh, but I really liked Tim Bradley. I was, I, was, I was watching that fight today, uh, Jose Ramirez and Antonio Orozco. And uh, I just, yeah, it, it, I, I was remarking, you know, uh, it was just like, this is quality commentary. This is, uh, it's what you want. It's like not getting away of the fight. You can also tell there's enthusiasm, but it's all natural. Uh, the fight didn't, uh, everybody was calling it fight of the year and, and all this and that. And I, I don't know. I mean, there was knockdowns, but, uh, that fight didn't blow me away. There's no danger in the fight. He's I, fighting a small guy. It was like, I know uh, Roscoe can't hurt Ramirez because he's probably going to be like a, a welterweight at some point. He's 5'10 and a half. Roscoe's 5'7. Uh, but why can't Ramirez put him away? <laughs> That's what I, I kept wondering. You know, And he would hit him with like big shots, like flush, like right off the bat. And like, dude, dude budge. I mean, <laughs> Uh, just kind of like, hmm. But we'll get to that fight. Uh, this fight, Those you know. The, uh, that's, the, that's, that's the red carpet rollout right there of, of questions that I have. You know, one is you had a fighter in front of you that wasn't consistent uh, in Orozco uh, that has had problem making weight, 
has had a history of, of injuries. Uh, Orozco came out, fought life and death for this fight. I mean, he fought to, you know, tooth and nail to prove that he should be on television. I, I love yeah. I love that about it. You know, um, but it, it also raises the question of Ramirez. You know, uh, Ramirez looked good. I mean, this, this is the best I've seen him look. But then you have to look at the opponent. And then you got to look at the other crops of fighters that are at that level or above them. Is he able? To, is he going to be able to do the, the same uh, uh, the same performance he did this past Friday? I'm not quite sure. You know, let's, let's, do we have any callers, man? Let's pass in some some callers here on leaving the ring. All right, uh, we got a lot of ground to cover too. So we have to look over the the 160 division um, and also look ahead to uh, this weekend's fights. But uh, let's uh, call it. We didn't get to last week. Let's uh, pick him up now. Blocked caller, you're live on uh, Leave It in the Ring. Yes, Gabe. Dave, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Yes, Gabe. Yeah, it's Hamid. Uh, I tried calling in last week, uh, but I thought you guys, I don't think Dave was on the show, but I thought you guys made some very good predictions. Uh, I did a podcast last week. Uh, I got the prediction bang on. I thought Canelo would probably win it by a majority decision, but the actual fight, I scored a draw. I think that was a very close fight. I don't see how you should call it a robbery. I mean, you know, I've said in the past that if you know the wrong guy wins even by a round, you know, it's sort of like you know if you steal a dollar from you, you're still stealing. But uh, this one just didn't feel to me like like Triple G fully executed his game plan. Nobody really asked them that at the press conference. What was the game plan? Just straight out. Is it, uh, yeah. you know, were you going to box and move? Was that the plan? Because I thought you guys were talking about knockouts. And even in the fight, Abel Sanchez said, we're, you know, we're going to knock this guy out. Uh, but then later, after the eighth round, he said, we're losing. Uh, and that's when Triple G really kind of shifted gears and really started moving and, and, and much more volume. Uh, the eighth and the ninth. The ninth, I thought, was the best round of the fight. Uh, arguably, yeah, uh, just uh, some tremendous give and take. Uh, what, what, what did uh, how did you score the twelfth round? You, you know, uh, you, I, I was going to get to that one minute. You know how close that fight was. I was watching it with my three brothers. I scored a draw. My younger brother thought Golovkin won. I understood why people thought Golovkin won. When it ended, I was actually quite surprised. They gave it to Canelo. I thought after all the controversy in the first fight. I thought they probably they might give Golovkin the benefit of the doubt, but then my older brother thought Canelo won. I mean, three people had a split, and I was watching it on the ring TV. I think they had the best commentary. If anyone wants to watch it without any bias, just listen to Doug Fisher and Beto Duran. Yeah, they did a terrific yeah, job. Clinical. I think HP. Yeah. I think HBO got it wrong. Lederman, I think, had it way too wide. I don't think Golovkin was winning. After nine rounds, I thought Canelo was the one who was winning after eight. After nine, I think yeah. Canelo probably 5-4 up. The judges had a 6-3, I think two of them. But to me, it looked like Golovkin was losing. I thought he probably might have got knocked out if he stood his ground. I think he had to go back. And I think Canelo, you can't take the victory from him. But it looked like Golovkin almost... Uh, Pulled it out the bag late on. I think he hurt him a couple of times, but I scored a 114-114. I tried really? re-watching it. I, I, I scored it. He, he hurt him. Uh, Golovkin, I think he hurt him in one of the last rounds. I wouldn't say badly hurt, but it looked like Canelo felt one of the shots. But I give Canelo the, the like the 11th? Round. Somewhere around the 11th. The I 11th think. round. 
Yeah. I think it was yeah. Dilemma. Yeah. The, the Canelo was kind of following him around a little bit, like a little buzz, but being a little aggressive, trying to hide it. I think you're right. He got a little plotting. Uh, my triple G was hurt to the body a couple times. I, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, I think it was Dave that was saying that Golovkin couldn't come forward. I think the body shots um, affected him. I think I predicted the last part would be a draw, and this would, Canelo would win by majority decision. I disagreed with the scorecards on both uh, fights. On this one, I don't mind it. I think you could argue 7 5 either way. I think the bad thing is the first fight Golovkin should have won. I had that 7 5, but. I don't think that was as close as this fight. I think when that ended, I thought Golovkin won a clear, close decision. I thought you could give it to him by 8-4 to four as well. This fight, I don't think either guy probably won 8-4. to four. I think you're going to have the odd few people scoring it, but I thought Canelo upped his game. I don't know why so many people thought Golovkin was going to stop him. I think Golovkin was on a bit of decline. I wouldn't say he shot, but I was there when he fought Brock. His legs have not been the same. I remember seeing it that night. Um, he looks every bit of his 35, but he's probably still good enough to beat all the middleweights until a elite middleweight comes. I, I think the robbery, all that is a bit bad because I thought the Jacobs fight was much closer than the first Canelo fight. But this was yes. the first fight that I actually, actually thought that uh, Glovkin possibly lost it. I had a draw. I wouldn't argue if someone had a 7-5 to Golovkin or Canelo. I think being a... I was just going to say, I think being consistent, Golovkin should have won the first fight. And if if you gave this to Canelo, that would have been okay. But if you scored both draws, that would have been okay. It's just, I think it's a bit of a bad look that twice Golovkin didn't get any benefit of the doubt. And Canelo, I think, uh, got... A very generous draw in the first fight. I think this was more of a draw. I don't think the first fight was a draw. No, I totally agree. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree. Think the first one, the first one, clearly, I I thought Triple G took over. You know, I I was only able to see those first rounds uh, for Canelo, and then after that, you know, Gennady was able to figure him out and started you know pushing him back and kind of had uh, his way. His you know he was throwing more more behind the jab with combinations. You know, with, with this fight here, the body shots, like you just mentioned, they, they definitely were a major play. Um, and when you say his legs didn't look there, it, it was because of those body shots. And, you know, when I still say, well, he ran, um, they, they said, you know, Gennady Golovkin was, was running. I actually saw when, when Canelo pressed him, it actually set him off balance when he tried to stand his ground. And that's why you saw him kind of turn and jog off and then reset himself, you know. Um, and it's because, you know, when you get hit to the body, the first thing to kind of go are your legs. They start getting really heavy. So you got it. That, that's when you start seeing the guys kind of start jogging in place to kind of, you know, wake up their body, you know, their lower body again. And that's why I, I saw but that immediately. I was like, wow, these body shots are really getting to him. I agree, but don't you guys think that he looked old? Because uh, from the first or second round, I predicted this as well. I said he's going to look old and his age also. The big thing I thought that was difficult to predict was Canelo hadn't fought in a year. And uh, a lot of people made it about the size and they almost convinced me. But I always said you can't judge a fight by how they look. I mean, they're both middleweights. But I mean, he looks old because looked... he's, 30, he's 36. I mean, he looked old, he's 36. But I mean, let's, let's be honest, he was competing with a much younger man in his you know late 20s and he was very competitive to the point where people... No, no, no. What, 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 I'm, 
What right. I'm trying to say, sorry to cut you off. You know, from the last September fight, don't you think, uh, don't you think his uh, uh, reflexes looked a bit old? Because I thought he was getting hit a lot more, and he was missing a lot as well early on in the first about four or five rounds. I, I thought in the, I thought in the first fight, yeah, he looked tentative when Canelo would be on the ropes, like he didn't want to be lured into a trap and didn't quite know what shot to throw. He looked more, uh, I, I thought, together well, offensively in this thinking. fight. Uh, you know, I mean, an, he, what's that? I said an, an aging fighter, a guy that when a, when a fighter, and we talked about this, when a fighter starts getting in those those uh, mid thirty range, their reflexes do start going away. They start relying on yeah. thinking a bit more than responding, and you see that with Triple G. He, he was thinking a lot more in the ring of trying to figure out uh, figure out how to create an opening rather than just make the opening happen. You know, you know, opening happy, and that's what I saw with Triple G. And I think that's what he fell short a lot of the times. Like I said, I mentioned earlier, uh, to me at times he played it safe because he was thinking too much. Yeah, I agree. In the first fight, I thought he played it safe. I think he had him on the ropes. He wouldn't commit. I think I disagreed. You said they played it safe. I don't think either of them played it safe. It looked like it looked like Canelo was trying to knock him out for the first seven or eight rounds. I I thought this was one of the best fights I've seen of the year. I'd probably put it up there with the Lomachenko Linares fight. Uh, I know a lot of people thought Tortikos and Gassiev's fight of the year. I, I thought it was, but that from round five or six was a one-sided fight. Uh, I think Tortikos didn't have anything on his shots. I thought in if in this fight, I thought Canelo could have probably knocked him out if Golovkin stood his ground. And that's why I think if they have a third fight, I think Golovkin's going to get probably stopped. Uh, from here on in, I think his old Canelo, I think Canelo, it just shows how good of a fighter he is. I mean, even though Golovkin, I think, is a bit older than he was when he fought Lemieux, and that probably would have been more in his prime. But this, even this version of Golovkin probably beats every other middleweight. That's why I think I wouldn't discredit Canelo. I know a lot of people don't like him, and I think BT Sport, I've heard their commentary is really bad as well. But in the studio, Steve Bunce had, I think, it as a draw. I think Richie Wardle had it to Golovkin by 7-5, to five and uh, Hay had a 7-5 to Canelo. That's how close the fight was. The fight was probably right. a, clear def- a clear definition of a 6-6, six, 7-5 six, uh, either way. I mean, I put it out on Twitter as well. I think a lot of people are just, I think either Golovkin, big fans are seen as a robbery. But uh, even, I know what, what thing is saying, Gabe, uh, when someone wins it by a round, if someone wins seven clear rounds, you could call it a robbery. But in this fight, I don't think either guy won seven clear rounds. Uh, I thought Kovalev Ward was a robbery because in that fight, I thought Kovalev clearly won six, seven rounds. Yeah, uh, I, I cannot, I cannot see how you could give Ward seven rounds. I thought, I thought you could argue that in the first Canelo Golovkin fight because I, I remember rewatching it. I don't think you could give Canelo seven rounds in the first fight against Golovkin because I think Golovkin just beat him up from round four to nine. I think this was probably the closest fight, and I, I put it out on Twitter a couple of times. Uh, I think it probably reminds me of the Pacquiao Marquez situation. I thought Pacquiao Marquez won, ended in a draw, but I think Pacquiao should have won that, similar to Golovkin Canelo. And then the third fight, I think um, Pacquiao won it, but a lot of people did think Marquez won it. I thought that as well live, but when I rewatched it, I had a draw. I think this was probably a bit closer, but that I think was probably a bit more controversial because I think a lot more people thought Marquez won it. But I think this was a great fight. I'd love to see it again, but I think 
I think uh, we don't need to see it immediately. I mean, the build-up kind of drove me crazy. The amount of people going back and forth. Like people are people are calling me crazy. <laughs> yeah. People are calling me crazy for picking Canelo. They saying, "Have you seen how small Golovkin is?" But I did record uh, the podcast was on. I recorded it and I played it on the boxing asylum just to show people. Like I think I know what I'm watching. I called the first fight to draw. Not many people thought they uh, both of these fights were tough to predict, but. I remember in the Danny Jacobs fight, I said Golovkin, he looks like he's probably either not as good as some people thought or either he's on a slow and uh, decline. And I think Canelo in the first fight showed that in the rematch, I was even saying if they fight in September, Canelo was going to beat him. And all Canelo, I thought, had to do was just be a bit better. I I don't think you could take it away from Canelo, even though I had a 6-6 and gun to my head, I was thinking after the fight, uh, Golovkin might have stole it, but I mean, the early rounds are so close. I, I well, don't know how so on and out right now, Gennady Golovkin is going to be in tough uh, with whoever is going to be put in front of him. The the map of how to slow him down was implicated by, by Danny Jacobs. Um, brother, we're going to let you go because we're going to uh, pass you. All right, I, I, I was just going to say... How did you score uh, it? I, I had a draw. Both of I you had guys a had a draw. I had yeah. a draw. I mean, that's I mean, very unofficial. That's yeah, I was uh, getting ready for the club while watching the fight. So, you know. Uh, Gabe, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> before I go, just what do you think about these people saying that all the press row, the fact that only two people thought Canelo won? Do you read anything into that or not? Um, somebody tweeted out a photo that the, the press row was kind of far back. Is that was that everybody or was that just? I don't know. You know, I believe that um, was everybody. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. You I'm know, not quite live fights on TV are are, are different. But I mean, I, I felt like you know, watching this. Remember I mean, this: that emotions are well, high. Emotions are no, high. I, yeah, that's I, why I would. I, People automatically were asking me, what do you think? What was your score? And I was like, slow down. Let me re- I'm going to rewatch it again. Well, and, 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 and let me I'm ask you. Tell you yeah. Like, well, like, I saw Stephen A. Smith on that, that list of people. Uh, I don't value his opinion about boxing at all. Like, at all. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Um, so, did you see, like, did you see him, him on Teddy Atlas? Oh, yeah, I, mean, I watched a little bit. That was over it's the just, top, I thought. It's just buffoonery. Um uh, it doesn't do anything to, to sell the sport. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, you yeah, know, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not like sure. a. I'm not a watcher of, of of ESPN. You know, like I don't. I'm not a big consumer of TV. So when I watch that stuff, I just feel like it's for somebody else. Um, <laughs> you know. So yeah. yeah. I mean, I, no, I uh, as far I, as press I, flow, I, I mean, you know, uh, th- those guys, they were there. I don't know how far away they were. Maybe check their Twitter timeline to see if they were tweeting while they were watching the fight, or were they fully entranced and watching the fight like the judges were? Because to me, those are yeah. the only three opinions that really matter. That, that's true. Before I go, I'm just going to say one. Even I think Steve Kim put it out. Uh, he he even said, "I can't believe that so many people didn't think Canelo won." I thought the same. I, I think if you're going to be consistent, and this is why I didn't understand by Harold Lederman, I think. He needs to either rethink about how he scores his fight. In the first fight, he gave it to Golovkin because he was the aggressor. In this fight, what I saw was Canelo was the aggressor for the first eight or nine rounds, I thought. And I think uh, I find it hard how he he gave, I looked at his scorecard, he gave Canelo one round from round three to ten. That wasn't the fight I saw. I think it was much closer than yeah. how he... Well, but he even it. said in the middle of the fight, though, that he's like, they said, you know, the first time they went to him or the second time they went to him, 
think it was. He asked him, you know, Harold, how do you have it? And he said, Jim, I don't know. You know, it's just like yeah. this fight is really hard to score. Uh, it, and it really, you know, yeah. we've watched it all a few times. It's a tough fight. Like the 10th, 11th, and 12th are tough rounds to score because one guy starts strong, one guy with a big shot, uh, you know, and, and but then something else happens. The little sequence where uh, Canelo takes a hard right hand, Triple G follows up, doesn't really land, but maybe a couple other shots out of like 10 or 12 shots thrown. And then Canelo lands a good shot of his own and, and begins to dictate the pace. Uh, people are talking about that big right hand at Triple G's, but what about the rest of it? What about the defense? Uh, whose fight were they fighting? Was Triple G's plan? That's why, you know, at the end of it, because of the four scoring criteria, um, the reporters should I be asking t- questions based on that in order I, to get the I, I information t- from the fight, fight camp. So, hang on one second. Uh, so that right. we find out, you know, then, you know, we can extrapolate off of what are the, what were the game plans? Then we can find out were they executed correctly? You know, neither Triple G or, I, or Abel Sanchez answered anything about the body I punches. Agree. So. Yeah, that's true. I was just going to say, clean punching is the most important. Then is effective aggression. I, I didn't see as much clean punching as people were seeing from Golovkin. As I thought the aggression from Canelo got him ahead for the first eight, maybe nine rounds. I think clean punching came into play with Golovkin's jab. I think some people weren't giving him credit, and I think my brother was saying this. Uh, but I think later on, Golovkin did land a cleaner, harder shots. I, th- I just think Canelo built up such a strong lead that uh, he probably got it on the cards, but I thought the 12th round was close. I don't know why people are saying that was a clear Golovkin round. If I remember from the first minute to the third, it, I thought Canelo, Canelo came back strong. I thought Golovkin took the two minutes off the 12th round after dominating him in the first minute, but I'll probably have to rewatch it. No, I, 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 you saw the sense that I saw, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I thought that Triple G came out strong in that first minute. Just like a lot of other rounds, came out very strong, and he just kind of gave up, you know, uh, you know, gassed out and tried to reserve whatever he had left to try to rally, and uh, was hesitant to let his hands go, was overthinking sometimes. Okay, brother, thank you, man, for, tell, right, for calling right, in, thank man. Thank you. All right, thanks for taking the call. No worries. Um, if you guys want to call in, certainly can, uh, 347-215-7598 here on Leaving the Ring. Uh, we're going to continue here our talk about Gennady Golovkin and Canelo. Uh, the decision, the draw. Um, what did you? What did you guys have? You know, uh, um, how did you score it? Do you have what I have, which was a draw? Do you have what Gable had, which is Canelo winning? Or, or, you know, I, I had my my one of my uh, my compadre had Gennady Golovkin winning. You know, I think everybody across the board is different. I think that's what makes this fight so so great. Uh, we have any other calls here on on Leave the Ring, uh, Gabriel? We do. 212, you're live on Leave It in the Ring. 212? Yeah. Okay. Hey, what's up, guys? This is uh, Kurt Umhoff. Hey, what's up, Kurt? How are you doing? <laughs> Glad to have uh, Dave back. You're working your ass off, bro. Is that what's going on? Yeah, brother. Uh, you know you know how it is. When you run your own gig and, and you just... Unfortunately, um, I haven't had any slow time. I have to create slow time. <laughs> oh, know? wow. So, you know, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. And, you know, so I got to take advantage of while it's good. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I hear you. I hear you. I'm, I'm working hard myself, working hard myself. But, uh, yeah, listen, hey, I was just I was just happy to see uh, 
you know, a much better fight this time around between those two. I was really happy to see that, uh, you know, surprised as hell, but uh, happy to see, you know, Canelo just standing his ground. I mean, you wonder, I mean, it's interesting, Gabe's talking about game plans. You wonder how much of uh, of that was, um, you know, him wanting to really get a knockout and how much of it was, man, I got a bad knee. I can't run for 12 rounds this time. <laughs> better, right. I'm just going to stand yeah. in the middle of the ring. <laughs> well, he had like he had literally tape holding his knee together. Uh, it was like the most K-tape I've ever seen some guy use uh, in a fight. That was, that was kind of a trip. You'd think Triple G would have tried to, like, you know, tangle with him a little bit, lean on that knee and push him back and, like, do something with it. Uh, but uh, Yeah, really you'd happen- think, right? You'd think, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, Triple G, Ray, but you know what? Triple G's kind of like a – you never really see him, like – I don't know. He, he's not like a great infighter. You know, he, he still no. has that kind of European upright style of him. He's a hell of a puncher, but right. uh, but uh, he's not a guy who grinds on the inside a lot. Um yeah, I mean, listen, my score was uh, I had it 7-5 uh, for Canelo. Um, I happened to take a peek at uh, Doug Fisher's mailbag this morning, and uh, and we basically scored every round the same but the eighth. He gave that one to Triple G, and I think Doug had it a draw. He gave the eighth to Triple G, and I gave it to uh, Canelo. So... Just a great fight, though. I mean, you know, people, they should not be complaining about the decision. I mean, I, I, I get it. If you're a, a Triple G fan, it's frustrating that he's he's been in two close fights and you probably thought he won them both and, and, and he didn't get either one. But but uh, I don't know. I, I think, you know, having had fighters and, and been on the road before, and in, in, in essence, when you're fighting in Vegas, it is a road game against uh, Canelo. Um, you know, you're not going to get those close decisions. That's just the way it is, you know. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't think the judges were in the bag or anything like that. I mean, Steve Weisfeld, I know very well, and is, is you know a man of integrity. He's he's not in anyone's bag. I mean, he scored it the way he scored it. So, um, but yeah, it's just it's just human nature. I think when everyone's cheering for one guy, you know, it's you know you, you it gets in your ears. So it's hard in yeah. any sport to win on the road. So, uh, you know, if you're going to leave it close like that, especially when the guy, you know, gives you what you want, you know, hey, let's let's bang it out. Let's slug it out. And, uh, you know, Canelo's, Canelo's right there. Like, let's go. And, uh, you know, it was a little surprising to me that uh, Triple G backed off. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it's – I was telling Gabriel, I go, uh, I think that's what really threw him off. I think that's what threw them all off. You know, uh, the knee there, because Gabriel brought this up to me about the knee. Like, I'm surprised it's not a big story. This should be a much bigger story. And uh, so when that fight started, I was like, I told Gabriel, remember, I said, isn't it weird that it was actually Canelo taking shots to Gennady Golovkin's hip when it should have been reversed? It should have been Gennady going after the hip where the bad knee's at. Right, right. And he never did. He never did that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's things in there that that should have could have could have been adjusted if if Abel Sant was able to really kind of pay attention. There were there were things in there they could have done a little bit more. And I said this in the tweet. I said, you know, the only one they have to blame is themselves because they didn't make the adjustments this time like last time. Last time they didn't make those adjustments they needed to. They really needed to work that body. They didn't do it. They didn't slow down the younger guy. They allowed the younger guy to dictate some of those, those minutes of those rounds, and they shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have gave it up. Also, the narrative of Mexican style, Mets fight, 
I know people don't like hearing this, but but when you say that, it gets embedded in everybody's head. And a lot of times, when you don't stand that Mexican style ground, that counts as a loss as well. And that can be tainted, just like to me. That can be tainted, you know. But you I can would, hear that I, down the stretch in, in the back end of the fight. Yeah. Uh, when every time Triple G would back off in exchanges and try to get some space for more of the long and mid-range game, uh, the crowd would, would, would kind of exhort him a little bit. That's what it seemed like. Absolutely, absolutely. And and, and the crazy thing is, too, you know, I mean, uh, with with Triple G, just in, in, you know, all the way through, you know, probably about three-quarters of the way through the fight, you know, he's backing up. He's all lumped up, and he's just huffing. He's breathing like a freight train, man. You know, and and yeah, and you know it man. wasn't you know it wasn't conditioning either because he came on down the stretch and he kind of settled down. That was mental. I mean, Canelo yeah. was putting that mental pressure on him. You know, coming forward and 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 Triple G knew from that first fight. You know, when they exchanged in that first fight, you know, Canelo's hand speed just gave him hell. You know, in those body shots. I mean, for me, that's what won the fight for Canelo. It's like, all right, fine. You know, yeah. Triple G, Triple G landed that jab, but I've never seen Triple G hurt anybody or or knock anybody out with that jab. I've seen Canelo cut people in half with those body shots, and he was cranking body yeah. shots. I mean, those and, counter shots. Like, to me, I wouldn't want to punch either. I would. <laughs> no. Here's the thing about the the no. punch stats that Triple G fans are kind of uh, they're going after the you know the jabs. He landed 118 jabs. Uh, it landed more punches overall. It was 118 jabs, 59 landed for Canelo. Canelo still landed 23% to 22%. He threw less, landed more. Uh, power punches, same thing. Uh, Triple G uh, threw 332, landed 116, 35%. Uh, Canelo landed 143 out of 366. He threw more power shots, 39%. So he was playing the power game, and he was doing better at it. Uh, Absolutely. And, and then the body shots. How how is it that you you tell the press you've got a left hook to the body named the ginger snap, uh, and then you only land six body shots? And it wasn't like the there was a storyline in the fight where there's Triple G trying to get to the body, and boy, that defensive Canelo was stopping him. It was that he just right. threw so few and landed so few. It wasn't part of the game plan. What was up with that? I, I just don't. Did he not? Was it not there to be taken? Because you kind of have to insist on body shots, don't you think? Well, you I know, think he was great with his body shots. Yeah, and, and, and the crazy thing is, you know, Roy Jones made a comment one time, and it's so true. It's like when you get hit to the body, that generally kind of reminds you, oh, wow, I got to get this guy back to the body. Like, I got to go, I got to start yeah. going to the body. <laughs> and it's just mm-hmm. wild that it just never triggered in, in, in Triple G, even even in the late rounds when he, he started to come on, and, and, and clearly, uh, you know, Canelo was gassing a little bit. And uh, and still, he just would not go to the body. You'd think right then he would just start ripping to the body and, and, and really get into Canelo, but he didn't do it. And Kurt, didn't do he, it. Had, he had opportunities. That's the yeah. crazy part. He had the opportunities. He was using his jab effectively, which I saw that. He was kind of doing the Lomachenko, you know, sticking his hands out there, keeping it in your face to blind you so you're not an easy target, you know, and for you can't see the big punches that are going to come after the little pity pat shots, right? When I saw him doing that, I'm like, okay, he's going to start now working Canelo's body. Never happened. It just never came into play, you know. And, and you know, here's, I wanted to make, throw out a quick point here. When, when I hear Triple G fans say he clearly shook Canelo in those late rounds, in the 11th round, I agree. He did. He shook him. 
But you cannot deny the fact that Triple G was shook in between the sixth and eighth round because he looked gassed out, like you mentioned. He looked gassed out. I honestly thought, and sitting down with everybody I was with, I looked at everybody, I go, and everybody was like, uh, I think he's ready to go, fellas. Even in the ninth, I think after the ninth, uh, didn't uh, Canelo's corner say he's ready to go? Uh, after the eighth or the yeah. ninth, uh, it, it, he was taking serious body shots. Uh, to me, that was the story of the fight, was not just the body shots. Uh, I keep bringing Max Cronin's phrase back into it, but uh, <laughs> but also uh, it's like stuck with me because he said it so many times. Um, but just Canelo's overall diversity of uh, of offense that he would you know go to the body with different punches, not just in right. general, but like yeah, you know, and, and Triple G just wasn't doing that. He didn't seem I couldn't quite figure out what their game plan was. Uh, it seemed like they shifted into kind of a movement-based style that seemed to be working for him later, but the, it wasn't like he came out moving. Uh, well, I don't know. It, the only thing I heard Abel say, Abel said that he told Triple G he wanted him to fight him, and he would say that in the corner, yeah. get in there and fight him. I want you to fight him. Fight him this round, you know? And, yeah. you know, and he just said, listen, you know, I mean, he's Too not the one respect. in there taking punches. He was telling Triple G to fight him, and Triple G was more comfortable boxing, and that's what he was seeing in there, so he, that's what he was doing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, Canelo, Canelo was the guy Abel making, the dictating Abel dictating the, the way the fight was going. Abel said the same thing to his last fighter that we saw, uh, you know, overseas, the same exact stuff, get in there and fight, get in there and fight. Yeah, you know, the you thing would, with Triple G, the thing with Triple G to me is that he made his own adjustments in that fight, not his training. Right, right, right. Yeah, you'd mm-hmm. think you'd hear something a little more technical from Abel, but you know, listen, he knows his fighter and he's had a lot of success, so I'm not gonna, I'm he not did, gonna second guess him. But he did make some technical suggestions of just kind of, uh, you know, just touching him. I remember, you know, that was part of it. Was just. I think Triple G, you know, that kind of can save, conserve energy, uh, but also to keep Canelo busy. That, that's when they kind of started to lighten the approach and, and do the more, like he said, a little more Lomachenko uh, approach. Uh, but, you know, uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, Dave, I, I think you think that, like, there's beginning a chorus, right, of people saying that he should leave Triple. I mean, after the after a loss, I mean, the, the trainer's the first one to go, right. usually. And he's the guy blank. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, I told but, you that. Remember, I'll... When we were talking, I said, I go, I won't be surprised if the, if uh, Gennady Golovkin's camp and, and, you know, management say, hey, I think we need to cut this guy loose, you know, Abel Sanchez and move on, find somebody else, you know, make, make, or maybe they go, but, you know, they, don't, they say they don't want to be at altitude anymore and they want to try something new, you know, at this late stage. That could be a small uh, possibility, yeah. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I don't know, though. I mean, what, he's, he's 36. How many amateur fights did he have? How long has he been fighting? I mean, you know, what, what is yeah, any trainer going to tell hard. him at this point that he hasn't seen, you know? I mean, he's, he's yeah, going to be who he is, you know? Yeah, his body, though, he might need to change up something. So, uh, Victor Conte was on the, when the next round was still a thing uh, two nights ago, I would say, and uh, was saying that he felt that, that – being up there this long, like sooner or later, it's going to be detrimental, especially if he's not supplementing right. But, you know, Abel's trained world-class level fighters for a long, long, long time, longer than Victor Conte has been in boxing. Uh, And he's been training them at altitude for a very long time. I'm sure he knows what he's doing up there. Uh, They've had a nice long run. He's 36. This is kind of the natural order of things uh, in a way. Uh, Meanwhile, Floyd Mayweather is talking about fighting again at 40. Um, But, uh, (laughs) 
I'm sure he's good. You guys even want to get into that? <laughs> Is it too oh, painful? No. <laughs> I, think, no, I think there's just too much more important things in boxing, in the real world of boxing to discuss right. at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that fight is so irrelevant. That is such a good point. Yeah. This fight is so irrelevant at this point. Because, you know, Floyd just coming back in to, to you know, dip – both hands into that, into that, you know, bucket of cash, and and then go leave again. You know, it's he's, he's not he's not going to fight Spence after this. He's not going to fight, you know, Terence Crawford after this. It's just about a money grab and 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 see you later. Yeah, it's it's you know it's like it's almost like outside it's like of boxing Canelo. at this point. With that, you know, <laughs> I, if you want, you know, if, if you wanted to fight Canelo, then I would care. You know. Right, I, I I actually I watched the uh, the fight last night with Bryn Jonathan Butler, and I, that's what I said when when he he brought up uh, Pacquiao. I'm just like, you know, the one fight I would be interested in seeing him in would be a rematch with Canelo, because I I think he won that so easily, it might be tempting for him, and especially since Canelo's kind of established himself as the man now, that it would be right. a real. I would be very interested in that fight. I really would. It's a legit it's, fight. Yeah. yeah fighting absolutely. Pacquiao, fighting Pacquiao to me. To me, is uh, me being foolish, leaving my doors unlocked in the middle of the night. You know, I'll say this: uh, that you know, the only itch I have about it is the shoulder injury. And now Pacquiao's also kind of been through the eye of the needle. He won't be, you know, uh, I don't. Th- I think the moment got the better of him. Strangely enough, some of the ways that I felt like Triple G. You know, this is his third time going the distance, right? You know, right. uh, and his uh, second big pay-per-view. It's kind of new worlds. You know, no matter how good you were, you you, you get that level is the, the 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 next level. In some ways, the final level. Uh, well, Floyd's at the final level right now. But uh, so you know, I don't know. It'd be, ah, fuck Floyd. I, I just I can't give him money. But uh, I do kind of want to see Pacquiao uh, get some revenge. I wouldn't mind that. I, I like uh, you know, you the idea that power is lasting to go. Uh, but yeah, I just you, can't do that. He's sucking him in. You, you can hear himself <laughs> talking himself into it, man. He's oh my talking God. himself into it. <laughs> you, you, you know, you, you saw what Kurt did, right? He just pulled a mind, Jedi mind trick on us. He's like, yeah, let's talk about it. And then let's talk about it. <laughs> oh. Let's get back to Triple G. Uh, look across the board. You know, it's now Canelo is WBC, uh, WBA. Uh, middleweight champion and the lineal middleweight champion. Um, Martin Murray's number two, so now he's like the number one contender, I guess, or maybe he'll have to fight Willie Monroe Jr. for a, uh, an eliminator. Jason Quigley uh, in the WBC is rated at number four. Uh, number five is Camille uh, Sarah Mehta. Uh In the WBA, he shares that belt with uh, Ryota Murata. Uh, and then Rob Brandt is right there at number two. Spike O'Sullivan's three, but uh, he David Lemieux is number four, and number five is uh, – and everybody's talking Canelo, David Lemieux in December, if that cut would heal. It looked like a pretty nasty it cut. It heals up nice. Yeah. yeah I'd be so, shocked if Canelo comes back so soon. I mean, this was a, such a physical fight, I mean, and, and the oof. cut. Yeah, I mean, and, and Triple G, too. I mean, I, just imagine being Triple G. And not only did his face get busted up and his mouth was bleeding, but the beating he took to the body. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he is, he's not – feeling great today, you know? yeah but you know yeah, what? With, no with, with the order of the fights though i believe that canelo was considered the wbc mandatory so um i i'd have to look at the rules to see but the, but the wbc mandatory i guess has been i guess he's like a new champ now maybe the slate starts over 
Um, oh, obviously, Charlo is the week. interim champ, so he would probably right. be next up. But I think if usually when you have a champion who's got a couple belts, they rotate the mandatories. So the BA would be up next, and I, you know, the BA, your guess is as good as mine as to what they're going to do. I mean, they right. could. You would think Murata, being the whatever champ he is, to the super champ would probably be like the mandatory guy. But I think O'Sullivan and Lemieux last night was called an eliminator fight in the WBA. <laughs> right. So I would think that Golden Boy probably worked their magic, and, and that's the fight that gets priority. You know, like Lemieux is probably the, the guy they're going to require for Canelo. So that I would probably say it's going to be his next fight. I would say that's a great fight too. I think that's a really fun fight. He, uh, speaking of David Lemieux, uh, how sweet it must be to have somebody talk and 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 even the the video uh, after the final press conference of Lemieux's uh, people just talking all this trash to David Lemieux, who just just stood there and stared at them, and he knocks him out with a beautiful left hook. People always forget he's got a left hook. Uh, they always talk about his right. Uh, and just removed Spike O'Sullivan from his senses before he ever hit the ground. <laughs> it's really quite something. Make Spike, uh, he makes Spike O'Sullivan's mustache spin. Yeah, it probably does not get much more satisfying than that. I mean, when you've got a guy who's just talking this just rancid trash about you. And uh, and you just you know erase him you know just blaze him in one round with one shot I mean it really doesn't get and in the first round I mean it just doesn't get any better than that I mean that, that was that was <laughs> devastating yeah I mean Lemieux is just a fun fighter and like you know everyone loves punchers you know and 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 uh, you know matched against the right guy he's always going to be a really entertaining fighter I mean the the wrong guy is obviously Billy Joe Saunders somebody who's who's crafty and moves well and has height on him. Um, but Canelo, you know, Canelo can move, but I, I think he's probably same size or a little shorter. So um, that's a really yeah. interesting fight. That, I mean, you know, uh, but listen, if Canelo can, if that chin can can hold up to Golovkin, who you know proved against Martirosian, you know, it wasn't a mirage. He can still punch. Um, you know, if he if he can stand up to Golovkin for for twelve rounds, I mean, I have some confidence that he'll be able to to survive uh, Lemieux. But it'll be interesting. <laughs> I love that you I never think know. Lemieux is such different punter. Yeah, I just think Lemieux though is just a you know, I mean, the guy. How much did he jump up on fight fight day? Was it one seventy nine? Yeah. That's you a know, problem. I mean, yeah, if I'm Canelo, I'm putting boy. that fight in California and and not letting him uh, <laughs> blow up. You know, <laughs> rely on the California state rules well, to at least keep him down at like 75, him... 76. Yeah, don't put well, him in Don't wonder. let him suck up Twinkies. Let him suck up some Sunray in California. That'd be better for him. <laughs> and, and you know, I mean, they do drug testing, so you know he's probably not using a diuretic. But you gotta wonder, twenty pounds? How yeah. the hell does he do that? Yeah, he was pissed, Gabriel. He was really, literally pissed off. I mean, he really wanted to go out there and hurt. Uh, like, you know, I guess I was, so. Yeah, I mean, determination is a mother effort. <laughs> I just hope it the way Lemieux's doing it is like supervised by a doctor, and 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 they're Absolutely. being very careful because that is that is massive weight gain, and 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 to and to file yourself down kind of unnaturally like that you are playing with fire you know um yeah. 
so I hope he's he's doing you know he's got good people around him and he and he's doing it the right way because uh, you know when when you're when you don't and and you're losing a ton of weight like that and you know it can you can have kidney failure I mean there's all kinds of things that can go wrong. There's a kind so. of medical problem. Well, yeah, you age fast. And, and let's remember you that uh, starting January first, twenty nineteen. Second-day weigh-ins for championship fights, uh, this is according to the Association of Boxing Commissions, uh, after their annual convention yes. in Orlando, uh, they've adopted a new uh, point of view, uh, new rules about weight cutting. So, um, the, you know, the opponents or participants are not to gain more than 10% of the contracted weight. Uh, the champion to be stripped mm-hmm. of the title or the challenger be rendered ineligible to win the title. Um, and they're going to do second-day weigh-ins for championship fights to be held on fight day. Uh, reduction in ranking status for first offense, outright removal from the rankings of the major sanctioning bodies for a full year if they were a repeat offender. So, I, you know, I wonder, you know, they better do this fight in December before those rules kick in for David Lemieux. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're Lemieux, yes, you're pushing for December. If you're Canelo, uh, you push right. it in the first quarter of uh, 2019. <laughs> Yeah, and at the roll of the dice, I would have to say it's not going to happen in December. <laughs> yeah, well, that's although what I'm honestly, ten percent though, ten percent of one sixty, it's still sixteen pounds, right? Yeah, he gained uh, what nineteen? He, he gained like nineteen pounds, I think. Yeah, so it's not it's not that much of a <laughs> that's reduction. A lot of weight. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of weight. Oh, still. It's not Definitely. his haircut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, what do you think is the best route back for Triple G? Does he go for the third fight? Is this Canelo go for the third fight now? I mean, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's still probably, I mean, they definitely need to fight somebody else. I don't think it should be an immediate rematch. Um, and you know, Triple G's, you know, going to be jonesing for a belt. Um so you know what, what's you know the wild card here too is what network are these guys going to be on? Where are they going to go? You know that's the big. You guys thing. talk about that yet? I I don't know if we I we haven't if, we haven't discussed already, it yet. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, the, I mean, uh, you know, uh, listening last week, I mean, you know, uh, you know, Evan was about to give me a heart attack if he's telling me both HBO and Showtime are going to be out of the boxing business. So I'm just like, what? <laughs> No way, yeah. but yeah. HBO, HBO. Yeah. I mean, come on. If they, you know, as it is, you know, they don't have top rank. They don't have Al Heyman. Um, you know, even even main events and Golden Boy are hedging their bets by you know getting that Facebook deal. And now if they lose Triple G and Canelo, I mean, they may as well be out of the boxing business. <laughs> you know, um, you know, as far as. Uh, you know, it's even funnier too. Looking on Twitter today, you know, Stephen Espinoza got a little cute last night and and, and or on Saturday and said, "Oh, is there a fight on tonight?" <laughs> I yeah, I, I believe yeah, he I deleted that. that tweet now. <laughs> he deleted that tweet because I thought Oscar you know, would I don't do think that he wants that up there. Yeah, He's, he definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think Showtime is definitely in the in the Canelo sweepstakes for sure. Um, I you know, because how they, much. Uh, yeah, I think so. Why wouldn't they be? You know. Um, uh, well, just oh, ahead, I, I had spoken to Tim Smith, and and he's you know because Showtime was talking you know uh, you know Coppinger's story, and and Ring said uh, that that Showtime's gonna have like thirty dates next year. Um, you know, obviously Show Showbox is included in that, but Tim clarified those aren't all PBC dates. Like they they get one a month, um, so they got twelve mm. dates, twelve out of those thirty. So. 
you know, it seems like, and, you know, they increased the budget. So it seems like Stephen might might have some money to play with, um, you know. And, and, and the thing with Canelo, too, is he's he's over the budget, right? I mean, everything he does is pay-per-view, so that doesn't come out of your budget, right? So, yeah. so he so for Showtime, you know, you could just you know, you know, pencil him right in. You know, he's not going to kill your budget. Um, and you, you, when you look at the, you know, HBO has invested in uh, David Lemieux, right? Wasn't the on on HBO? Or am I crazy? He fought him. Yeah, the Saunders yeah, fight was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so yeah, and the Saunders fight. So and Triple uh, G and yeah, yeah, and a couple of his fights, yeah, a couple. Of I can't believe fights. that HBO wouldn't take a pass at both of those guys at this point. I just, mm-hmm. you know, wonder. There's a whole new guy in charge. Boxing fan, does he consider it valuable at all to the portfolio? Does he want to make that big of a facelift right now? Because it's now it's go time. Both guys are free agents, right? So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Evan. Evan was saying that the budget comes out around this time of year, so Evan's going to have to, you know, do some, uh, you know, intel for us and get somebody from HBO to talk about what the budget is. And uh, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if they're still in the sport or or not. You know, but uh, is, man, uh, it'd be crazy if they weren't. Let me ask you this: as a as manager, what's that, Dave? I I, I I don't see them either. One of them at this moment really just getting out. Just because I know that the apps and, and Facebook are, are starting to take a dab at it, I think that it's still there's a trial moment. Uh, and I think that, is, you know, uh, HBO would be smart by just kind of kind of maybe holding back a bit and seeing what's going to happen, it's such as that Showtime as well. You know, they're, they're kind of seeing, still playing that, that, that field enough to see whether or not, where the turn's going to happen, you know. Um, and the turn might be for them if, 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 the other new stuff, the new platforms fail, then it's kind of easy picking for them to get back what, what they originally had. So I, I, I'm interested in how it plays out. I just don't – I'm not compl- complete belief that they're, both networks are going to just disappear anytime right now. Yeah, show, Showtime especially to me. I mean, I know that Les Moonves right. is, 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 is going out, and he was a big boxing fan, and, you know, it's a wild card as to who's coming in. But, I mean, they just did like a three-year deal with PBC, you know I mean? Uh, right. And they right. added money to the budget, and, you know, at least according to, to, to Steven, I mean, boxing is is driving subscriptions right now for Showtime. So that's money for them, you know. I mean, it, they've, they've yeah. definitely uh, – They've definitely got a lot invested, and they're getting return on investment with boxing. So I, I'd be very surprised if Showtime is gone. But um, but HBO, yeah, they just it just seems to be this drift, you know, where they're just getting less and less and less involved in the sport. So it's, it's a little. But I think that's a great point, though, David. Yeah, because if if they just even if they just keep their hand in it, you know, uh, you know, right. even if you know just just you know seven or eight events a year. Um, and just see, you know, if, if the zone is actually going to, to take off or not um, and just see if the market settles down. Now, and, and again, true, you know, with, with, with Fox and, and ESPN, it's all ratings. It's all ratings dependent, right? I mean, it's it's not just uh, yep. it's not just, um, you know, uh, kind of guessing, guessing you know, and, and, and hoping that, you know, people subscribe. I mean, they, they get real time, you know, ratings and seeing how this thing that drives advertising. I mean, it's. There's immediate feedback, so there's you know there's a lot of pressure on Top Rank and, and PBC to to make great fights and and make it succeed. So so yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. dynamic I, as I always. It's just, 
HBO to me, it, it goes both ways. I think what HBO was doing was not, you know, picking up, making a bigger budget, not picking up more fights. It kind of forced the hand of Golden Boy and Top Rank to kind of look elsewhere or create something else, you know. Um, so I think it's a little bit of both, you know, where HBO's got to kind of regather themselves and figure out what they're going to do. Are they going to slowly die, kill themselves out gracefully, or or are they, are they going to sit back and, and, and you know, uh, be big bank, take over little bank type of uh, scenario, you know, like, okay, guys, you guys want to go and see what's, if the grass is greener on the other side, go right ahead. I don't know. That's why, to me, it's just interesting. I think business overall all the time is, is very interesting to kind of see, sit back and watch. How many of us had thought that PBC was going to be gone by this time? And look how it's played out, you know. It, it, you never know when it comes to business. Well, absolutely, and and look how how Showtime played it with the PBC. It looked like the PBC had right. kind of abandoned them, right? And and you know, and and Espinosa is the one who brought them over to who brought Al and and Mayweather over. So and it looked like uh, you know they were kind of abandoning him for for free TV, and uh, ended up uh, ended up pretty pretty savvy move on 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 uh, Espinosa's part just to wait him out. Absolutely. Actually, for the record. Uh, PBC would last through at least 2018. So uh, I wasn't one I of those guys. I can that... picture you gloating there, buddy. I can see you just like. <laughs> I, said, I, I wasn't one of the people Wait that said the PBC head. was dead. I, no. I said that they would last through at least 2018. Uh, that was basically <laughs> what my sources were telling me. Uh, so I do, yeah, I do feel a little vindicated. Thanks. Uh, let me ask you this: as a, uh, uh, you know, as a manager, um, how does this work? In terms of, you know, Golovkin is now no longer the WBA champion. He was sharing the belt with Ryota Murata. Um, just where does he go in the rankings? Uh, because, you know, if, uh, if Alvarez doesn't want to fight Murata, that's an interesting belt, you know, in style and everything, uh, an opportunity for Triple G, who is only going to want to fight for belt at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, obviously with the WBA and their ratings, your guess is as good as mine. I don't think there's any protocol with it. Um, I think <laughs> they, they, they're they're going to look at this and say, well, can can we still make some money off of Triple G? Oh, he's at number one then, you know. Um, I, you know, I, I think it's interesting that you say the Murata fight because, I mean, that was a fight that, you know, if if Triple G had kept his belts, people were assuming, you know, it's a huge money fight for him to, to go to Japan and take that, but – Someone on Twitter, I forget who, was was quoting uh, Murata's promoter as saying they're more interested in the Canelo fight now. <laughs> they want they want the big money. Um, you know, I, I I you know Triple G is such a competitor. I you know I, he's definitely going to want like a belt, and I wouldn't be surprised if he if he'd want like a belt in his first fight back. Um, he's you know all the all of these other fights are happening. You know you've got uh, Jacobs and 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 uh, Derevianchenko for a vacant belt. You've got Saunders and Andre. Um, you know I would think Murata's is fighting uh, Grant. He's defending you know getting that taken care of. So we're kind of taking him out of the mix or getting him in the mix. So right, to, right, to, uh, yeah. and and w- another wild card here is that remember Canelo was feuding. With, I don't know if he's made up with the WBC, but he didn't pay the sanctioning fee last time. He kind of blew it off. So I'm wondering, mm. you know, is is he still feuding with the BC? I mean, you know, Suleiman took pains to defend him when the when the drug test came up positive, but took I don't know if they meant that. <laughs> 
Because, yeah, if he, he if he drops that belt, then, you know, I mean, oh, I assume Charlo's the interim champ, so they'd probably just make him the full champ. But, um, man, would I love to see Charlo Golovkin. Oof, that'd be a great fight, man. Ugh. But, uh, yeah, I think Tom Tom, and, and Triple G just have to regroup and see where they land and see how Triple G feels. And, you know, after these uh, title fights uh, happen, and, uh, and again, being a free agent, they just kind of, you know, because, listen, you know, what if both Jacobs and and, uh, and uh, Andre win? So now you got two titles with the zone. Might make sense to sign with the zone, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, you've got, you've got two titles over there. So, it, you know, it's, it's a lot that has to play out. I think, uh, you know, Triple G should just kind of chill for a little bit and, and, and see how it plays out. And uh, I'm sure he'll be in, in high demand, you know, you know, whatever happens, both, uh, you know, uh, promoters and champs looking for opponents and, and networks looking for, for big name fighters. I mean, he's, he's still hot, you know, he's still yeah, big name. Uh, in October, uh, you know, the, the Murata versus Brandt, it's going to be on ESPN plus. So that's October 20th right. in uh, the park in Vegas. So yeah, it's a, it's a whole new world all of a sudden. I, I, if I was Triple G's team, I'd stay far away from, from Danny Jacobs at the moment. I, I want to see what, how he looks against Dermontanko. If anything, I would, I, I would probably be, if I was in the G team, I'd probably be rooting for uh, Dermontanko to win. To me, I just well, think it's more of a, of a winnable fight for him. If he was having problems with, with Canelo, I think he, they want to break from that, you know, from, in my opinion. You would want to break. If I was, if I was him, I would want to break. If you're looking for a break, uh, you would, you shouldn't look for Derevchenko because the same problem that, that, that Canelo <laughs> well, brought. In, uh, in that experience-wise, though, I but you know, but experience-wise, he, he he we don't know how well he's going to do against a more seasoned guy like uh, Danny Jacobs. You know, to me, well, yeah, this is a special case, though, David, because those guys have sparred literally probably close, hundreds of rounds together. I mean, they know each other really, really well. I mean, they they trained in the same gym for years. Um, That's true. And you, know, of course, you know, I hear from you know because I actually you know I I played a part in you know putting Derevchenko with uh, with Ludabella. Um but uh, you know, so I, I hear from those guys, and they're they're very they wouldn't have taken this fight if they weren't very confident that they could beat Danny. So uh, I think that's going to be a really really interesting fight. A really yeah. interesting I fight. So that's the fight of the year candidate on paper, in my opinion. Those guys, yeah. they know each other very well, and so we're gonna it's going to come down to the X factors. Who wants it more? You know, uh, how does Danny really handle live fire? You know, uh, from Derevchenko, uh, you know, without the headgear. How does how does Derevchenko handle that? I mean, it's you know, Danny's. Uh, I think the last fight was an awkward style. People were kind of like the bloom came off the rose a little bit. There's also people that that you know the just didn't like his performance in the the triple G fight. I don't see how you couldn't. But uh, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see this fight. He's, he's got, I think you know he's got Pirog to get off his back. He could never fight right. Pirog because the guy's done. Uh, but but I think he can use this fight or try to, to to get it off his back. I think it's still there. I haven't really asked it. Absolutely. You know, I like with Danny Jacobs, you know, I, I always I remember reading as a kid, I read a biography of Arthur Ashe. And one of the things they said about Arthur Ashe was he had like every tool in the book. He could hit every shot imaginable. And the one problem he had often was like, you know, as a rally's going on, he's trying to figure out damn, which tool should I use here? (laughs) 
I, I, when I watch Danny, I get that same feeling. He can do everything. He's got tremendous hand speed. He's got great yeah. power. He can box. He can go lefty. He can fight inside. He can fight outside. Sometimes I just think tactically, you know, he, he's got so many tools to work with. He just, he, you know, he either picks the wrong one or just kind of like, you know, stalls out a little bit, you know, and, 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 and you know, just thinking about what he, you know, uh, what to do next. So, um, I don't know. It's, yeah. You know, I, I think from from what people tell me about the sparring, watch Danny early and watch Derevianchenko late in this fight. So so we'll see how it plays out. All right then. Well, thanks for stopping <laughs> by, Kurt. I really appreciate it, man. And, uh, Always a pleasure. I'll... Yeah, man. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Peace. All right, guys. All right, Kurt. Thank you, brother. All right. All right. Yeah. Man. Let's talk a little bit about uh. Talk a little bit about uh. Sasquatch uh. Mogia. <laughs> What do you think about his performance? Um, it reminded me of that Adam Sandler bit, the uh, you know, and now the senseless beating of a high school janitor. Um, <laughs> wow! It was yeah. you know, was up there in the rankings, right? I mean, you know, he's a here in his spot, but uh, you know, he's, he's ranked number three by the WBO coming into this fight. Uh, but it didn't look like it. He just it just looked like a, a, a giant versus. Uh, Brandon Cook, you know, they the, weren't like it was like a reminisce. It was, wasn't it like a reminisce of him fighting Ali again. You know, um, <laughs> this guy that just could not I, deal with the size and power. Just couldn't handle his size. Yeah, his power, his size. Um, I remember I was trying to coin him Bazooka, but I think I'm going to coin him Sasquatch. He just looked massive in there, bro. You know, and. Uh, Kudos to Cook. I mean, Cook, he he tried his best. You can't take nothing away from the kid. You know, he's came, he, he's a guy that comes to fight. And I really thought that he was going to give uh, Murguia a, a, a real fight, Jaime Murguia. But that size and the power, Murguia was – the one thing that I saw with Murguia was that I think he was being really honest when he said, I felt more comfortable. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I finally kind of shook off the the – the light that's been added to my career, you know, the attraction that fans have with me. Um, I think it's finally kind of settling in. Uh, Robert Algazar is doing a great job with them. I thought he was a lot better with the body shots and, and being more fluent with, you know, trading between the punches that were being thrown by Cook. Um, what begs the question for me, I think for a lot of fans, I'm pretty sure for you, Gabriel is, what happens when size and that power doesn't penetrate and you got to revert to something different? Facing a herd uh, or a charlo, one of those guys, you know, uh, which is not in his radar because they're not on the same avenue. Those are questions, though, that I, I need to be answered. Got to be answered sooner or later. But going off of this performance, I give it an A plus because, like I said, I thought Cook – was going to give him a bit more to handle off of his last performance that he that he had you know did with beef and and he just blew him out of the water. It, it, it was man, it was brutal. It just it, you know it just was kind of a mismatch. It was as they used to call him a mismandatory. Uh, Cook just was not on the same level. You know, same size. Uh, no punching power. He, he clearly had an idea of what he wanted to do, 
uh, used straight punches on the inside, but he just he couldn't weather the storm like at all. So it was it was a moot point what he wanted to try to do because, you know, at age at 32, um, he'd had you know he was like 21 uh, and zero coming into the fight, 13 knockouts. He's not a big knockout puncher and not really a, a whole hell of a lot of fights uh, career that, that dates back to 2011 when he turned pro. Um, right. So, I mean, you know, he just kind of, uh, I'm just kind of wondering how he got ranked number three. I mean, he beat it, you know, Hector Carlos Santana won the uh, vacant international boxing association intercontinental super welterweight title back in 2017, uh, December. Um, had a fight, you know, in May, another knockout, uh, Miguel and, uh, Angel Suarez, and then here he's with Jaime Mendia. But I mean, maybe Jaime is just that good, uh, or maybe he's just bursting at the seams and he's going to be a middleweight sooner rather than later, which is why they thought about the Triple G fight. It's probably it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's certainly, you know, well, people they were are talking, talking about, about him moving up already. You know, yeah, immediately I mean, after gigantic. that. Back. I know, but I, you know, I was like, I, I don't know about you. Do you really want to see him move up in middleweight right now, or do you want to see what he could really do at 154 if he's making it comfortable? Well, it's that thing of uh, you know, when is a, a you know a belt a shield uh, when you've got a guy like Jaime Mungia who is you know kind of green at the top level, uh, a little bit raw as a fighter. Uh, but you know he's got a belt, and so you know you can kind of funnel the mandatories and and, and mix them in with your optional defenses, and and just have a business. Um, he doesn't need to fight Jared Hurd. There's no rule uh, that's forcing him to fight Jared Hurd, who has the uh, you know right. the, the WPA and, and uh, IBF titles. Uh, there's no rule forcing him to fight Jamel Charlo, who has the WBC. Um, you know sooner or later he's gonna you know get into a fight. Um, you know he's got Julian Williams there at number two, Dennis Hogan number one. Uh, Takeshi Inui at uh, four and five is Kel Brook. Number six is Lara. Seven's Amir Khan. Tony Harrison behind him. So you know it's going to get some point. He's going to get into a fight, but for right now, he can just do what he's doing. He can keep making the weight. I think that's a safe spot for him because 160. You know there aren't any easy fights for him, and I don't think there's a huge size advantage fights for him there either. No. I mean, he's six foot, so well, he's a big kid. But, but you know what I mean. Everybody's going to be everything's going to be a little more equal at one sixty. Uh, right now, fifty four, maybe not so much. So, we'll see. I, uh, it's too early to even think about a uh, fighter of the year. But we do have another caller, five one zero. You've been waiting a while. Uh, you're live on Leaving in the Ring. Hey, hey, uh, Davey, uh, Gabe, how are you guys doing? Or Monterey today? How you guys doing? Oh, good, man. How you doing? What are you doing in Monterey? Good, good. I uh, went to the aquarium, Carmel, you know, little vacation, you know, just join the, join the people out there. Yeah, dude. Hey, you watched Gabe, the fight. Right of... mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah, I was going to ask you. You sit at the theater. Yeah, I jumped over there and hook up with you, dude. I didn't have your email, and I looked up on uh, your badassery.com. I didn't find the email on there either. I was trying to get a hold of you, but that's, that's, that's my bad, John. I'm sorry. You know, that's, that's my right. fault. I'll, uh, your big, what was your, your email? Before your email name, when you when you uh, would write in. Eight, oh, it was uh, hcyamas at gmail dot com. I don't think I have yours anymore. I look for it. So. Hmm. That's fair. Right. Well, so hopefully, you, you know what? Maybe we'll hook up for the fight in Oakland. Dude. Are you guys going to the fight in Oakland? The top rank at the end of the month. Um, so that's right. Off. No, I'm not sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not well, quite sure. You know, uh, I can never, uh, you know, I'm married, man. So it's like, uh, uh, you know, I have to check the calendar. I have to check multiple calendars. Uh, yeah, I'm divorced. I'm divorced. I know how it is, bro. I'm, I'm divorced. Now. I get it. I understand. Man. I, I went. To, I went to the dark side. I went to the dark side, man. You say you say good. Man. I'm happily married. But yeah, it's like uh, you go to the fights. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, even like the theater, you know, like I just kind of we were going to go to the club afterwards. So I was like, ah, well, I got to drive all the way out there to the theater and like see the fights and then come back and then nah. Yeah, I just figured. I just be here, and then I can. Once the fight's over, we can like head out, you know, or grab something to eat, and then head out to the club. So, yeah, I'm way married. So, so how was no, the, how was uh, hey, I respect, what's I respect, the fights I respect at the? That. I respect that. Uh, how, how were the fights at the theater? Thank you. Oh, it was a great it was a great time, man. Uh, uh, if I had to say, like the majority of the crowd was going for a triple G, you know, I mean, it wasn't like hardcore, but they were, you know, you could tell people were kind of going for triple G. The Latinos in the, in the house are going for Canelo. But the majority was like, you know, it was a good mix of crowd. People, we had black people, white people. We had a little bit of everything. There. You know, it's Emeryville, you know, close to everything. And it was a good right. time, man. After the the cards were announced, it wasn't a lot of booing. I didn't hear anybody, like, uh, belly aching about it. Everybody seemed to be okay with it, you know? So I don't know what goes on with Twitter. I don't know if it's just people who want to bitch and moan by everything. But, you know, and, you know, it's uh, – what's that word? It's uh, it's not, you know, obviously, like, just, uh, 200 people at a movie theater also is not, like, a good survey either, but – from what I saw at the movie theater, everybody was fine with the decision, you know. It was a good fight. Um, obviously, I, I respect anybody that uh, had it for Triple G in a close fight or had it for Canelo or even had it a draw, right? I don't have respect for people that call it a robbery, though. That, I think, is too much. Man. That's when you kind of that's when you kind of right. tune you out, man. If you're calling it a robbery, you're, you're showing how biased you are, you know. And I, 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 exactly. I don't agree with that. So, no, I agree me with personally, I agree with you. Me personally, um. I had Triple G winning the last fight in the close fight. And in this one, I had Canelo winning for one uh, main reason, a uh, ring generalship. You know, he gave a – he was in control of the fight the whole time. It was his tempo. He had the more varied attack. He was he was a better boxer again, you know, which is amazing when you watch Canelo because I remember a few years ago, I was never impressed. I thought he was plotting. I thought he was kind of like, right. you know, slow. And now it seems like every fight, even at this late stage in his career or like in his prime, he still seems to keep keep on getting better every fight, which is amazing to me, you know. I haven't really ever seen a fighter like him before, to be honest. I've been watching boxing for 30 years. I really don't recall a fighter all the way up to his late 20s still consistently getting better, you know. I haven't never seen that before, you know. I can't I'd think of another fighter like that. You know, I guess I guess maybe Marcatona Barrera maybe would all be the only one that qualifies for that maybe. But uh, other than that, I can't think of too many fighters like, like uh, Canelo that's gone consistently better from fight to fight even, you know. Uh, me personally, I had the fight for Canelo. I, I, like I said, you know, by close decision. You know, he, uh, you know, unfortunately, even going Triple into G, the man, you know, the uh-huh. unfortunate thing for Triple G, and I was telling this to some of the uh, guys that were like, you know, that were that said, I, I thought Triple G won, but hey, you know, it was a close fight. I said, you know, there are some great fighters that can't get over a hump of another fighter. Oscar De La Hoya couldn't get past Mosley. Mosley couldn't get past Forrest. Forrest couldn't get past Mayorga. This Canelo is just the guy that Triple G, Triple G just can't get past for some apparent reason. You know, it's just one of those those situations. But for for any fight fan to say I don't want to see another fight that I'll pass on it, that also to me shows your bias because that means you don't even have you don't even have the confidence. 
that your guy can finally do exactly what Marquez finally had to do, you know, to land that big right uh, against Pacquiao. You know, um, this is what makes great fighters, man. This is what makes great what makes it great for boxing. And I, you know, I've said this numerous times on the show is that what boxing sometimes lacks is the 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 immediate rematches, the trilogies, the the you know, like I'm not quite sure. And we kind of started seeing that with Kovala and Ward, and it trickled down, and, and now we see the best fight and the best, and Canelo and Triple G hats down because they did it again, and hats down that they're talking about doing it again. Hey, Dave, can I disagree with you a little bit? Um, I kind of like it when they breathe a little bit, the trilogies or the multiple fights. I kind of prefer it when it does breathe a little bit, you know? People don't get tired of it, you know? Uh, for instance, like the Pacquiao Marquez, those were all years apart, you know? Uh, oh, no, I'm not saying it's going to happen right away. I'm not, I'm not saying it not to happen right away. What I'm saying, though, but to sit, to sit back and say, well, I never want to see it. I'm like, you don't? I, I mean, I do. I want to see how Triple G looks on another fight. I want to see how Canelo looks yeah. in another fight. And if it still looks good, hey, why not make it happen? You know, if they're still unfinished business, why not? It makes sense. And to be honest with you, I don't think there – I mean, there is a little bit of regression on Triple G. I think his bigger issue is the, the lack of uh, of changing his skills a little bit, of, of a game plan, a varied game plan. Right. You know, I think that's his bigger issue than his age. His age, he still hits hard. He still, you know, has yep. a lot of heart. You know, he still, you know, yep. the age thing, is, I think, is a minor issue. I think it's really – I'm not saying fire Abel Sanchez. I'm like, I'm not, you know, I hate about it. At the same time, right. I would like to see a little more development in his boxing game plan. Canelo's had two different game plans the last two fights against him, and Triple G's had the exact same fight both times. I mean, how you know, you know, I don't get how yeah. that's uh, acceptable. And you, you gotta know? give Chepo, you gotta give Chepo Reynoso and his son, man, um, the Canelo team, a lot of props. Because when he lost, I think, I think it was you, Gabriel, that mentioned when he had lost to Floyd, they, a lot of people were coming down saying, "Fire that team, they're unexperienced." We're seeing a team develop together. That's that's pretty phenomenal, man. Like you mentioned a little while ago, to me, that's very impressive when you see a team that's able to to catch what they lacked and what they didn't do and make those adjustments. Like I said, I, I'm not one that says fire Abel Sanchez, but I am one to point out that, you know, Triple G did have to make an adjustment on his own, and sometimes a fighter does that, has to do that, make an adjustment, and he made a minor adjustment. It just wasn't enough to convince the judges to sway his way, and it happens. It happens. And I'm with you about the age thing. I, I, I just think that, to me, it's just an excuse to, to kind of uh, undermine his performance. You know, uh, like I said, he competed with a 20-year-old guy um, at a very high-level, high-pace, comp- competitive fight. Why take it away from him by saying, oh, it's his age. You know, he's old now. You know, um, no, man, he was getting some serious body shots. could really bring out your, that you're 36 years old, you know. Fight, I thought this man. fight elevated. I, I thought this fight elevated both fighters. To be honest, man, I don't know why people yeah. are trying to dump on one or the other. Man, they're both clear cut. Wherever, whatever order you want to put them, number one and number two at middleweight. You know, whatever order you want to put it, I'll let you argue it. You know, a legitimate argument for either one. But they're both clearly head and shoulders above everybody else at middleweight. You know, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I respect both of them. You know, I don't respect the whining a little bit, but it's to be you know. Marquez too. He want you know he complained a little bit after all of the decisions went against him too. So I respect that man. It's hard work, you know. Afraid you know uh, hard feelings and everything. And I hope you know people at the very least respect Canelo, you know, because this I mean if nothing else, if, this, if nothing else, 
this proved that the PDs were, uh, well, he said it was tainted beef. You know, he went in there, completely tested, you know. Everybody was making little smart comments before the fight even started that he looked smaller and blah, blah, blah. And he needs to, you know, uh, at least not getting, at least not getting knocked out. Where he did the actual opposite. He, he stood in there toe-to-toe with him. He, he walked him down, you know. Uh, everything the Triple G won before the fight he got. He got uh, the bigger purse. He got the drug testing. He got the judges he wanted. He got the referees he wanted. I mean, we're, we're, he don't have a leg to stand on for any complaints, in my, in my view. You know, he got everything he wanted before the fight, you know. So, respect to Canelo, Absolutely. man. He, he, he's made there all the adjustments. Guy, there, there was a guy on Twitter, uh, uh, Tommy Boxeo, had asked a question about Canelo and Lemieux. If it's next for, uh, for Canelo in December, uh, what our thoughts was, and, and in, if it happens in Madison Square Garden, he's going. And in the, this other guy responded, um, P.S., right? He said, uh, Canelo's not going to New York, bro. And I responded, like, you know, this, for this entire of this guy's career, he's been said that he's not going to uh, move up. He's not going to fight this guy. He's not going to do the testing. He's not, you know, it's always he's not. And he's actually done it. When do you finally say, shit, I don't know if the guy will go to New York. It's a small possibility because the guy gets that ballsy enough to say, let me prove you wrong. Give him his props already. Give him his credit. You did everything you've asked from him. What more do you want? Yeah, it's just, it's just bias on some people's part, man. It's a fanboy, the same uh... – same symptom you have with Mayweather fans, you know, just a fanboyism. Unfortunately, that's just, you know, that's, that's human nature, man. People do that with their football teams or whatever have you, what have you, man. You know, but I think, not, you know, good people, they're honest people, uh, have to respect Canelo, you know. And so I do. I personally respect him. I respected him. I I've, I respect, my respect for him has grown from fight to fight. When I first saw him, I was like, oh, guys, this guy just has red hair, no big deal, you know, whatever. And he's consi- consistently gotten better every fight, man. I mean, I've never seen anything like that before. You know, I respect that a lot. You know, me personally. And he bent over backwards for Gennady to make this fight. Did everything he asked of him. Let him pick the referee. You know, they they bounced twenty weeks out. I think they were happy with the judges. They were happy with the money. So I mean, there's really nothing to complain about. You know. And honestly, uh, I would like to see both of them fight. I would like to see this trilogy breathe a little bit because I really don't think we should have a fight right away again. I would like to see maybe uh, Canelo fight David Lemieux or somebody better maybe than David Lemieux. And maybe uh, Triple G could fight uh, B.J. Saunders, pick up a belt, and then we can have a rematch in September. You know, give it a year again. You know, let it breathe. You know? I mean, I don't see what would be so Absolutely. bad about that. You know? No, but, uh, I, I agree. And I think that's the route they're going to take, is take a breather and uh, check out new territory. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, didn't, did Gotti Ward go back to back to back to close yeah. out? Yeah. They did. I mean, I, you know, did. there's something to be said for just getting it done, but uh, and I think Triple G is only going to fade more. Here. But how much, Gabe? How much can he really fade if he's like still a top level fighter? I mean, you see one of, like the Charlo brothers taking him out. Do you see uh, BJ Saunders taking him out? Do you see any other middleweight taking him out? I don't see it, regardless of that he that um, he might be a little bit uh basic. No, no, I think you know. Uh, well, one, we don't know what this fight took out of you know. Uh, out of both guys, they took, both took some tremendous punishment. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that the Saunders, the winner of Saunders Andrade, is probably the least dangerous or least likely to knock Triple G out, um, much less beat him. Uh, I mean, I think it would be, it's a tough style matchup either guy. They have the tools to do it. 
but they would do it, I think, by boxing, not by fighting. Uh, Jacobs, Derevinchenko, that's a tough fight, but he's been down that road before. Uh, I don't know. I thought Jacob uh, and, and Derevinchenko, Dave pointed out, is an experience. It's true. Like, they, they, they show that they're kind of dependable. Jamal Charlo, though, is uh, he's scary, man. I just don't know. I don't know much about him in terms of uh, when he doesn't have it his way, what's he like? You know, against a puncher. Well, well, guys, I still uh, think Tamar Charlo, to me, is, is, is also very inexperienced. You know, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's this new territory. We don't, you don't know. Either, either one, guys, I mean, think about this. If, it, let's just say, by some chance, Canelo decided, I'm going to fight the winner of uh, Dermatanko and, 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 and uh, um, Danny Jacobs. Uh, I, think, I, I think a lot of the majority of fans, if it's Danny Jacobs, are probably going to lean towards Danny Jacobs. Of winning that fight, you know, um, it's just to me. It's like I said, it goes back in territory of, of exploring. I, I think Golden Boy is smart enough not to even entertain that that they're going to stick with Dave Lemieux. And I think Tom Offer, like what you say, Gabriel, is like how much did it take it out of him? I think Tom Offer then would probably want an immediate trilogy right away because that'll probably be the biggest money draw to them. Uh, but I think I think. Team Golden Boy and Canelo are probably going to say no. We want another fight, and then we'll talk later. Uh, me as a fan, uh, I'm just a fan, right? Me as a fan, that's what I would prefer. I would just prefer let this uh, trilogy breathe just a little bit, you know. Give it another year, let them fight somebody else. Let uh, Triple G knock somebody else out, you know. Let Canelo beat there with Lemieux. Just, just give it a little breathe, because you know the difference between, uh, let's say, if you do have a trilogy, the difference between this trilogy and the Mickey Ward. Uh, our Toto Gaddy trilogy was that those guys, they were they had nobody else. They were kind of uh, ham and eggers, you know. They were great fighters. They were like A-minus fighter, A-level, but not A-plus fighters, right? They really only had each other to make that kind of money at HBO, right? They weren't going to make that, the, the money against anybody else that they were making against each other. And the same might be true for Triple G and Canelo, but not as much, you know, not as much. Triple G is still going to make a, a nice payday against somebody else, you know. If he goes to England and fights somebody over there, or if Canelo decides, you know, Canelo's going to make money wherever he's at, regardless, you know. So I, me and the fans, a year is not going to affect a little breather. Mm-hmm. Right, a year is not going to affect it. A year and a half is not going to affect a big money draw to this fight. To tell you the truth, it's really not. Oh no, no, it's no, not. No. Yeah, it, it's it's not going to affect. I'm it. just if thinking in terms of you know, it depends on the fights they right. take. But yeah, it's just interesting. You know, is is uh, Jamel Charlo turned pro in 2008? Um, he fought mm-hmm. two times. Next year, he fought uh, four times. 2010, he fought once. Then 2011, he fought once. 2012, twice. Uh, 2013, he fought quite a few times. Like, it was, it was ridiculous. One, two, three. Uh, what, six times, seven times. Uh, 2014, uh, he only fought twice, three times. Uh, 2015, three times. 2016, twice. Look at Canelo's record. People that just trash the guy. He fought a ton of times in 20, uh, 2008. He was already, you know, a couple fights removed from fighting for the WBA, uh, uh, you know, Fed a central welterweight title. So, like, you know, something in, uh, that, you know, gets him a ranking. But he's already doing that in, 20, you know, 2008. You know, he fought uh, seven times in 2008. You know, and he, and, uh, you look at the, the amount of times that he's fought since. I mean, Canelo has 50 fights or 53 fights now. 
Charlo right. is barely at 27-0, 21 knockouts. And he's only a few fights removed, four fights, five from fighting Cornelius Bundridge. You know? <laughs> fight was like ridiculously shitty. Uh, Hugo Centeno right. Jr., good guy, but I mean, not a killer. Not Julian good. Williams, you know, uh, is not a power puncher, even though, you know, he kind of beat guys with pressure. Austin Trout is like the best name that he's fought. Uh, so, yeah, we don't really know anything about Jamal Charlotte. We don't. I think he's we talented. But I think he's very talented, and I think he does have a bright future. But if this was like a kung fu movie, Canelo and Triple G would be the bosses at the end of the movie, you know? He needs to go through some other people to get to them, you know, to prove himself. Yeah. yeah. To make, it, make it a fight worth paying for even, you know? Like, who, when you go to pay $80 or $100 for this fight, you want somebody, a worthy opponent with somewhat of a resume, you know? And that's what he doesn't have It's yet, weird. You know? Like, they, they build a resume or build, like, you know, a record, 27-0, and 0, 21 knockouts, but they didn't build a fighter yet. I mean, you see him and he looks his fundamentals are great. Ronnie Shields is done with him is great. Uh, but, uh, you know, where's the depth of record? That's what I don't get, you know? So we'll see. No. I mean, I, I like the Charlos. I'm a big fan of them and a believer that we, what we're seeing is real. But let's see him versus a puncher. I love the Migos. I, they're, I think they're great for boxing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I agree. They, they got a bright future. I think they got a bright future, but they just need to start, you know, padding that resume. Even with some uh, names that don't really have any more talent anymore, right? There's names out there, like, other boxers have done it, you know, Canelo's done it. All these boxers have done it, right? You know, they're beating up former champions. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, brother. Hey, man, I appreciate you calling in. Um, All right. Thank you, guys. Gonna, man. Appreciate gonna, it, man. Great show. Yeah. Great callers also. The previous callers were awesome, too. A really great show, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. You guys have a good day. Thank, thank you, buddy. Thank Thanks. You. Bye. You, Bye. You know what comes to mind, Gabriel, is uh, top-ranked card had Gabriel Flores, who's got some talent there that really is, if you, if you could put money in stock in the kid. You could. The only thing that would, that scares me is the crash that could come very quick. You know, when you blow up a, you know, uh, an economy really quick. We're seeing that more and more with fighters. You know, uh, Gabriel uh, Gabriel Flores is 17 years old. Um, to me, it, it just seems like this should have been more of a slow, slower roll. Uh, that's what's happening with like Charlo, like mentioning right now. The, the names on the list are not really there. He should be a bit more busy. Uh, we should know more about him. How much more, much more of a fighter, you know? Um, I just see, I, you know, like Frankie Gomez. Here's a kid that got signed at at 17 with with Golden Boy. Where's he at? Did, did, I mean, didn't he retire already? And we never really got to know who Gomez was. Jose Benavides Jr. should have been more of a threat to Terence Crawford at this time of his career at his age, but he's not. You know, he got signed at 18 with top rank, and we, we end up seeing a kid trying to develop on a, on a trade skill that you don't learn on the fly. You just don't do that, especially in this sport. That's why, to me, with Charlo, there's a lot of questions there. Same thing with Jaime Mogia. There's questions there. Um, they look great uh, when they're in there, when they're overmatching the guy, but it's just it, it 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 leaves you there to linger. Okay, how good is he? But uh, do we have, do we have that's what was so good about these. That's what's so no, good about we, the, the the Triple G Canelo fights is that here was two guys that were always kind of matched. You know, he fought Floyd, but Floyd is not a probably more of a power puncher compared to Canelo. You know, a guy who's now you know the middleweight champion. Um, that's just his game. He hits hard enough. 
Uh, Triple G hasn't faced a lot of dangerous punchers. The Mew, Curtis Stevens, uh, Danny Jacobs. Uh, but now by facing each other, we've we really got to see some of their depth, how much heart they have, uh, how, how good their chins are, how much they're just going to willing to you know fight through adversity and keep trying to win. Uh, those are all you know that's championship level stuff. So uh, at least we got to find that out. Uh, let's get uh, one last caller in, Juan from San Diego. You're live on Leave It in the Ring. Hey, how you doing, guys? How do you think? Doing What's good. Up, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Thank you. I got a, a little bit late. I couldn't hear the, the beginning, but I did listen to uh, a little bit of the last caller and the opinions. Uh, one of the things, uh, before I get into the fight, um, a guy like Charlo, who, who looks very good, he looks like a promising future star. We can't really say a lot about him yet because his, the level of opposition is, is not up there. You know, some of these guys can blow those guys out, but once they get to, you know, to the real contenders, they can't do it. Uh, so until I actually see him against one of the big boys and I see him blow them away, then I'm going to be impressed. Right now, he looks good. Uh, but again, for me, you know, I, I need proof, and the proof is when you fight, you know, when they fight the guys, you know, the, the, the real guys. But, uh, but again, those, uh, that's a topic for a, a later day. Uh, those guys will get their chance right now. It's Canal and Triple G's uh, moment. And both guys delivered. I, I was very impressed with the fight. It was a very exciting fight. We enjoyed it a lot. Uh, my guy lost, and, uh, you know, it is what it is, you know. Uh, we went to uh, to see it at a, at a Tijuana uh, restaurant. It was a, a big place with a, full of Canelo fans, and we were sitting in the table with uh, unknown people to me, and we were having a very good <laughs> conversation about, about the previous fight. And uh, at least I, I, was, I always get a little bit, um, you know, worried going to those kind of fights where people are drinking and all that because they get really rowdy and heated and and it's kind of like I don't like to, to go into you know controversial topics like uh, last year's fight and things like that but it turned out that the, the table I was in with most people there were really good a good conversation and everybody was at least uh, willing to listen so we had a good a good conversation and and, and uh, you know we watched the fight me and my wife and uh, my other friend that came with us were the only ones that really were rooting for triple g everybody was rooting for canelo and every round i was like oh this is a me and my wife were like oh, this looks like a tight you know tight round again i don't know who to give it to uh, right and, and, I, and i told her you know what i feel i told her i feel like canelo's gonna win this fight I just the, the body language uh, of Triple G. Even though I feel more, a lot of his rounds can go his way, his body language is of a guy that's not winning. He's not, you know, he's not dominating the rounds as he usually does. So, you know, the the, the last three rounds, I think he in my card he pulled it. Uh, uh, but again, I could easily see a swing round here and there and, and give it to Canelo or give it a draw. So for me, it wasn't a robbery. It was one of those fights where a round makes a difference. Very similar to the, the fights with Marcus and, and um, Pacquiao, that all, all four fights were very closely contested, very difficult to judge. And so for your hard work, who, who did you pick, though? I mean, who did you think won? I thought Triple G won. I thought my, my mm-hmm. scorecard was for Triple G, but I know that whenever I'm watching a fighter, uh, a fighter that I like, I tend to think I need to subtract a round from how I saw it because I'm, I'm right. you know, we're, we're all a little bit biased towards the ones we like. So I'm not going to say 
that uh, I was 100% sure that he was winning at every moment. I thought it was very, uh, close enough. And it was more of a, did you like that the guy was throwing a lot of jabs? And, or did you like the power punches that Canelo was uh, throwing? Because he was a little bit more, uh, I think he was pot-shotting, and every time he connected, it looked really good. So even though right. Triple G was more active, I thought that at moments, when whenever Canelo landed that punch, he even drowned. So it was difficult. But again, for me, both guys deserve a lot. Uh, Canelo yeah, is, a, is a very good fighter. He's a I respect yeah. that. You know, when when you're a fight fan, this is how I look at things. When you're a fight fan, you're absolutely right. You're going to have some certain bias towards the fighter that, that you know, attracted you to watch him, right? Um, and that's what you're going to look at. But when you're able to step back and be more objective about it and go like, well, this is what I like. And I, I mentioned this early in the show. You know, um, that, that to me is a true boxing fan. Uh, today at work, early at work, I went into one of my lots and, and – uh, <laughs> Uh, one of the compas working there, he goes, did you watch the da- the fight, David? And I said, um, yeah, man, of course I watched the fight. What are you talking about? And he goes, yeah. He goes, hey. <laughs> he goes, hey, I, I think that, that Gennady Golovkin, Vato, I think he, he dominated, bro, and I'm Mexican. And I looked at him, I go, I go, what the fuck does Mexican have to do with anything? Man? I go, all it tells me that you're a Mexican that can't score fights, you know? <laughs> I'm like, it was super I'm going to tell you why people are saying those kind of things. And I, and I you know, I said it on, on Dougie's mailback today. Uh, I, uh-huh. We say that because in Mexico, and you guys should know this, uh, people are like, why do you mean you're rooting for the other guy? You're Mexican. You should root for him. Like, why? Right. I don't like the guy. I just don't like, I like how, how he fights, but I don't like how arrogant he is. I don't uh-huh. like that. And, and, and he's not like, and that was what, uh, they were interviewing uh, Juan Manuel Marquez and, and Chavez, and they were, they were asking, why do you think some people go against Canelo? And, and Marcus said it, because he's not humble. And people in Mexico don't relate to that. They don't relate to arrogance. So a lot of people right. are going to be turned off by that. Even though they like the way he fights, the, when, the moment he starts talking, that, that moment you're like, oh, I didn't want to hear that. You know, Just be a little bit more respectful of your opponent. Don't, don't always go to the you don't have balls or you, 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 you're, you know, right. you that arrogance that, you know, that's the, the main thing. But again, in the end, and I've said that for the last few years, it doesn't matter what the personality is. In the end, what you want to see is a fight. And, right. And it's the performance. Even if they act that yeah. way on an interview, you don't know them personally, you know, whatever. They may look like the nicest guy in the world and might, they might be a-holes in real life. We don't really know. It doesn't matter. In the end, what matters is the fight. And to me, I have to be objective. The fight was even. If you want to say one could win, the other one could win. They give us a hell of a fight. Both deserve a lot of credit. And, and another thing, you know, I know there's a little, little time, but I want to tell you a little bit about what, the perception of people in Mexico because that, that's another thing that surprised me. Uh, everybody at the table who was rooting for uh, Canelo ended up saying robbery. Everybody was like, that was a robbery. And me and my wife were like, what? Are we watching the same fight? Because... We were the Triple G fans, and we didn't think it was a robbery. And all the Canelo fans here at these at this table are screaming robbery. Now they're saying that Triple G should have won. So I was like, well, it's it's all about how Harold Harold Ellerman scored it. He scored it for Triple G. Those are the numbers we're seeing. That's right. Perception. Same thing happened with Mexican television. Mexican television scored it for Triple G. So there was a lot of in social media in Mexico. There was a lot of outrage. Because people are thinking 
that that because the guy's scoring for for triple heat, that the guy's winning, and, and it's very difficult. Right. Not everybody's like us that we're hardcore fans and we actually know what's going on. People just go for what they see there, and 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 that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's there's a lot of Mexican media uh, that don't like Canelo. Yeah, I know, I agree. There's a lot of Mexican media that don't like Canelo. You know. And the other thing is they were so, saying, even Abel, the guys that were defending Canelo were saying, even Abel Sanchez admitted. No, he did not admit it. He was just not a crybaby. No. He just said, I thought my boss would won, but I'm not going to cry a robbery again. Congratulations, Canelo, and that's it. He was being a gentleman. I can argue but with the decision. In Mexican said, newspapers. You know? Yeah. In yeah. Mexican in, in, in newspapers, you can see Abel and, and Triple G accept defeat. They, they call him champion. And, and, and you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't like that. But, again. The best thing about it, it was a good fight. I think Triple G definitely is losing a step. I think it's Canelo's time. And all those guys, Charlo, BJ Saunders, uh, Jacobs, all those guys are going to have a tough time with him. I don't think there's an, you know, any of them can claim that they can beat him. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys beat him right now because I think he's at the, at the best point of his career right now. He's, he's really good right now, so. I give him that. He's, an easy, he's not an easy out, that's for sure. And and, and Golovkin, too, I think, no, is, no, is still going to be, uh, you know, an old lion that that's uh, still dangerous, man. Uh, uh, you know, oh, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing what he does next, you know. Yeah, and, and, and one final thing, you know, it took a 28-year-old guy in his prime, in his physical prime, yeah. to barely edge him. That's the kind of fighter he is. Whoever says that the guy's uh, – one-dimensional, like even Chepo Gutierrez said he was a donkey, that he only knew how to move forward. Hey, he moved backwards this, this time around, and, and not fighting toe-to-toe <laughs> with him is not, does not mean he's not a man. He, the guy just simply was overwhelmed by the pressure. He's human. You know, he had to, to he's go He's human, exactly. Else. I was saying, he's and, human, man. You know? Yeah, dude, he, he's not a robot. The guy had to employ other tactics because the other guy was better at his own game this, this night. So the guy had to do something else. And he used he showed an, another dimension to his game, which a lot of people don't even give him credit. Even they didn't give him credit. They said that the guy didn't do anything else but go forward. He he boxed that he he was successful at points. So again, people talk too much. In the end, what matters is what happens in the ring. And hopefully, they respect each other, and 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 they give us another good fight. Yeah, my, that's, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, I, yep. I, I'm curious to see if they go right to it or not, or you know, because I mean, Triple G wanted to be the greatest middleweight in history, and and you know, one way to do that is to get your titles back. So, and the, oh, the yeah. guy that adds oh, yeah. is, is Canelo, but there's other routes right now. So, we'll see. You know, uh, we'll see the, the, how well you know Father Time is to him, and and also just you know what he's like after such a grueling affair. But uh, we're uh, up hey, against. Oh yeah, now. that's probably true. Oh, real, guys, real quick, real quick, quick before we go get off there, what's the yes. buzz for Jaime Morgia over there in uh, in Mexico? What you, in Tijuana when you were down there? Big, what was the buzz on him? It's big, yeah. People like him. I, I, I didn't, I hadn't seen seen the reaction, but I, I saw it that day, and I think the guy is very charismatic. And so he's he's from Tijuana, so everybody loves him over. Yeah, yeah he's gonna. I was gonna say he could be a star. He could be a star. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. All right, guys. He's got the look and his style definitely definitely shows. All right, brother. Thanks oh, for calling definitely. in, man. I really appreciate it, brother. All right, man. Hey, talk to you soon. Well, we're at the final final last minutes here on our on our show. Um, you know, whether Second. or not you want to see a trilogy uh, right away, you know, or you want to see him, uh, either one of the guys, Canelo and Gennady Golovkin, and move on and, and, and fight somebody else, it's really entirely up to the team. Um, 
I think that, that with my final thought, if Triple G doesn't look for the trilogy, press for that trilogy, the one thing that Bernard Hopkins can hold over him is that, well, the time when I needed to step up and, and become a superstar in the eyes of the boxing in the world to get the recognition, uh, I fought the guys that came up, and I knocked them out, and I beat them. Um, that's something that Gennady Golovkin can't claim just yet. So it's, to me, it's crucial that he gets that trilogy, gets that fight again, and makes those adjustments and tries to beat Canelo. Gabriel? Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll just, you know, right now I'm just kind of basking in this fight, and uh, we'll see how things go. You know, um, uh, for now, you know, uh, we're going to have to do a preview show since we're running out of time. We're out of time now uh, for Povetsky Joshua. We'll do that later in the week, um, break down a little bit of the Absolutely. stuff. And we'll see. But, uh, yeah, good show, man. Uh, I got a burrito to eat, so uh, I'm out. All right. There we go. Don't drink and drive because you will spill your beer. Take care. Peace.